1: Monster Horror Tales of Terror! (laughs) Hello, my little Halloweenies! Why are we walking through the cold October woods behind the vault of startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror mansion? Well, our hosts have camped out in the clearing and I thought we'd sneak up on them and see what they're talking about. What? What is what is the machete for? Well, it's because I couldn't find my axe. Now, shut your horror holes. We're getting close, and they might hear us. shoot the shit. Low jobs handed out. Episode 2, listen to our watering cunt flappery before the record, <laughs> Pinocchio's balls and blowjobs handed out, and crabs, <laughs> oh, a crab. hashtag crabs. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. We're having a laid back episode because it's the most awesome season of, of all time the halloween season usually around this time we all write a bunch of short stories or we or we adapt a short story but this year we had something different in mind which involved complex plans which started coming <laughs> together beautifully and then crumbled terribly like a flat wind. <laughs> yes and then uh, to add insult to injury, our compatriot uh, Sean Engel has recently been s- stricken with gallstones, and is in and is had to take the amber lamps to the hospital. Better than the amber alert to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we
2: you know, were about to. In they might have. They might have had to take him by horseback or something. We were, we're not about sure,
1: to put that. an amber alert out on him because all the yeah. freaks were starting to go like, "Hey, I haven't heard from Sean Engel in a couple days." Then we, we tracked down his 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 very nice poor beleaguered wife <laughs> came yeah, out. I feel I feel bad for her cause <laughs> I got deal with us. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. god, I gotta got deal with she probably had to steal herself and go to the theater. <laughs> Jeez, well, the three
3: three quick stingers get going. She's like, Alright, we're good. <laughs> Deal with these fucking yeah, we right, should. That's we what
1: we should have said. All right, all right, so Sean told us you were prepared to stand in whenever, uh, if ever he was out of commission. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, but weird. uh, we, we can, we, but
2: we can pull out the the Sean Engel life model decoy.
1: Oh, well. so, so anyway, we've mentioned who's not here. Who's Sean Engel? <laughs> I'm Chris Honeywell. I'm here. I'm here with uh, Luke, uh, them Jack and Eddie boys, Luke and Jason, Jack and Eddie.
2: What up? Well, there you go. <laughs> that, that's my tribute, to Sean. Get well soon, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> later I'm gonna go. On, later I'm gonna go on a 35 minute rant about the name Oklahoma City Thunder because that's a conversation we've actually had in real life.
1: Is that a kind of <laughs> coffee that that like? Uh, you no,
2: know, Oklahoma <laughs> City Thunder in the, the morning. The, the Oklahoma City Thunder is the worst named professional team in America.
4: No, that would be so. the Utah Jazz.
2: Utah Jazz. At least Jazz made sense when they were in New Orleans. Thunder yeah. is the worst in
1: professional sports. Utah Jazz sounds like his bodily secretion.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, and that and and speaking the words, the the Utah the Jazz is the voice of Chris Tyler, the hair metal hero.
0: <gasps> I am so scared right
1: now. <laughs> That's right. We're out we're out in the middle as you can hear we're out in the middle of the woods by our crackling campfire eating s'mores. We were singing row 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 your boat earlier, but you get you don't get to hear that. Yeah, we toasted marshmallows. That's on our <laughs> that's on our Star Trek episode. Yeah, honeywell bought the
2: marshmallow gun. <laughs> That's not a our our our, our, 25th, our marshmallow technology is far beyond yours. <laughs> so yeah, we
1: we just decided we'd go we'd go camping in the woods and 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 talk about Halloweenies scary sitting out by the campfire shit.
4: There ain't nothing wrong with that.
1: Yeah, like I don't have any good. I don't like telling like ghost stories unless I have unless they're like real good ones, and I don't have any real good ones. So I got I got. I only have one that's a real life thing, and
4: I'll just I'll drop. Does it, it
1: end there on there on the door handle? Is the bloody hook?
4: No, this okay. is worse. <clears throat> so, all right. So this is this weird thing, right? And it only happens in the morning, and it's and it's when I'm getting ready for the day. You know? Are I you sure up. this
1: isn't a, you're thinking of a, the adult show we were gonna do later? No, no. This is no. <laughs> this is different. Okay. This is this is you, not you, this is you you
4: not fit for adults or. <laughs> Or children, but it's it's just it's every morning when I'm getting ready for work. Get up and shave, brush my teeth, all that you know. I go in, I'll get in the shower, and I'll scrub all the nooks and crannies, you know. And I get out, and no matter where I am, there's always this really creepy naked fat guy in the mirror staring back at me when I get out. <laughs> It's fucking frightening. I can't explain it. I don't know what it is, man. It's it's terrifying. That's
1: terrifying. why your hair was gray at age thirteen, huh?
4: <laughs> yeah, about thirty actually, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. You no, know, it's Fine. even
4: more. It's even more terrifying when I realize it's me, and I tuck everything back behind my legs, and I do my best Buffalo Bill. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Will you fuck
4: me. I
1: fuck me. <laughs> That fucked me hard. <laughs> oh. I'm glad you were doing your best Buffalo Bill and not your worst Buffalo Bill because I'd yeah. really hate to see that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Just don't murder my dog when you're in the well, we'll be all set.
3: You back my fucking dog! <laughs> 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 I, I always love when that guy's in other things, and I'm like, that's Buffalo Bill. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's hard to take him seriously in anything. I'm like, that yeah. guy cut this dick behind him and said, well, fuck me. You know, like, what?
2: Like, how can I take him seriously as any other role?
1: It's like or- being Ned Beatty, basically.
2: Yeah. Or, Bronson Whee! or being Bronson Pinchot, that poor guy. Every time we watch him, it's Balky.
4: No, he's pretty freaking amazing. That is
2: ridiculous.
1: So don't <laughs> <laughs> feel
0: ridiculous.
1: Well, I think I'm going to start in the tradition of way back early Two True Freaks Halloween special was when Trek attacks, where Scott Gardner and I talked about Star Trek episodes that scared the shit out of us as a little kid. So I'm just going to go with the theme of, you know, what a pussy I was when I was a little kid and the shit that would scare me. Because <laughs> I was starting to think about, like, because I was always sneaking, you know, sneaking down the stairs and I would watch the TV, like, over my parents' shoulders sometimes. And, or I, you know, or just, or, it, like, my parents would be at a friend's house and the TV would be on and I'd get to see something horror-like. or But then I was remembering one of the most terrifying things I ever saw as a little kid was the movie Help, the Beatles movie. <laughs> Because there's a scene where Ringo Starr gets, like, sucked down a tube, and then he's menaced by a tiger. It's a parody of James Bond movies, but I was too little to know it was anything but somebody just getting, like, sucked down a tube, tied to a table, and then, like, a tiger set loose on him.
4: I could see without context how that could be frightening.
1: And, uh... Go, um... I remember my father took me to see one of those Sun Classic pictures of the, uh, Bigfoot the Mysterious Monster. And that one, we lived out in the country, so I was... There was one scene in it, and, you know, I think it was a scene lifted from um, Legend of Boggy Creek. And, uh, of somebody watching TV in the house and Bigfoot's arm just comes through the, the window, smashing through the window. And... For like years after that, I was just in terror of the potential of of Bigfoot's arm smashing through the bathroom window. Uh, yeah, well, that's where you know where you're more vulnerable than when you're taking a shit. That's the truth, right there. If anybody anybody's <clears throat> ever watched Friday the Thirteenth, can tell you.
0: Damn enchiladas! <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Terrible made-for-TV movie starring Yvette Mimieu. Yvette M- 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 from The <laughs> Black Hole. It was called Snow Beast. Oh, I've seen that. Snow Beast like Snow Beast. Pretty sure, it was made-for-TV. And I remember like, I remember my parents like not paying attention. It was near bedtime, and the first sequence are these two women like skiing and it's all, you know, do 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 beautiful travelog music and um you know, literally they look...
4: Oh, at this is a reference. 70s classic Bose Benson Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've since
1: messed. I've since watched it of course and seen how cheesy it is. At the end they at the end they basically kill the the yeti by driving a uh, um what what should we call it? A ski um, ski, ski pole, through ski him. Pole, yes, a ski says... pole, something that's made not to go through the snow.
0: <laughs> the rest on
1: top of the snow, but somehow it punctures through a yeti. He also falls off a mountain apparently. But I saw the the one scene, where you know one wo- they're looking at the tracks and one woman's like, oh, it's just somebody playing a trick and she goes skis off, and then immediately. I'm starting to, like, have also memories of a a recording I made of my version of this where, you know, she's she's looking into the woods and you hear Bigfoot sort of, like, growling, roaring, and then he comes running out and gets her. But I remember my friends and I making a Bigfoot cassette based on this, but we made, like, weird, like, (laughs) snorting noises.
4: Would you? Would you like to know the tagline for the movie? For Snow Beast, sure.
0: First,
1: it's half human, it's half animal, it's a cold-blooded killer. That could be any of us. <laughs>
2: oh!
0: <laughs>
2: Snow Beast is 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 good, but but nothing stacks up as far as '70s Bigfoot movies to Shriek of the Mutilated. Oh
1: my God.
2: Shriek of the Mutilated has one of the most, you know, one of the, you know, that the saying that the, uh, that the, 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 uh, the Anglophiles like to say on the internet nowadays is does what it says on the tin. This is not a film that does what it says on the tin.
0: It, that <laughs> title mean.
2: promises so much and delivers vastly, vastly less. <laughs> it promises the Shriek and Mutilated. And yeah, the, the best, the best scene in Shriek of the Mutilated doesn't even involve Bigfoot or the, the strange, you know, Native American cult with the fat white guy as <laughs> Laughing Crow. No, it involves the the, the the guy trying to kill his wife and then going and laying down the bathtub fully clothed and then the wife, while bleeding to death, takes the toaster with the 35-foot extension cord on it all the way down the hallway where <laughs> she throws it into the tub and electrocutes sure.
1: it. Sure, why not? Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's how you
1: it. <laughs> No. Nobody will suspect the, the toaster with the 35-foot cord.
0: I mean, that's.
2: I mean, I make toast all over the house. So, I mean, in the 80s, we all had that, you know, but... Uh, now with no, the cordless I mean, toaster, we're good. Yeah, you know, not the cordless toaster, you get the Bluetooth toaster, you're all
1: ready to go. I mean, um, don't you guys have any of those weird, like, isolated memories of, like, a, just a scene, like a single scene from a movie that just sort of got etched in there, out of context, and... I did for a I
4: did for a long time until I realized what the movie was. Right? And it was um <clears throat> and it was uh it was the movie Legend. Okay. You know, with, yeah, with, with Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. And it's the scene where the, he's like he's on the uh, he's on the lake and uh Jenny Greenteeth comes up out of the lake, Robert Picardo in heavy makeup. And that for so I just like I remember that and I was like it's freaking frightening, man. And that's like it wasn't until I was going back through Ridley Scott's back catalog I go Oh, crap. <laughs>
1: That's the movie I <laughs> saw when I was a kid. Yeah. There was one I saw when I was a kid called Gargoyles, another made for TV. Oh, what a great movie, Gargoyles. Well, all I had in all I remember is it scared the hell out of me. And all I remember is one scene, and it was, like, through a closed-circuit camera or something of gargoyle eggs hatching. Mm-hmm. And, That's uh, the cape in a cave yes and it yeah. flipped me out I've I've recently found it on YouTube and and looked at it and been like wow it's it's a it's an amazing movie not scary at all as a matter of fact it's kind of like doctor who like once the one guy comes out with his wings and starts talking and stuff <laughs> the, the scene uh, I like really in gargoyle right is when
2: the head the scene I like is when the, the head gargoyle slaps the other one on the butt as he's leaving yep Wow. You're going to talk about job, a, a, weird, a, a weird movie that I don't think I've seen probably in uh, Cheese and Rice at least 25 years, probably longer than that. And Jay will probably back me up on this. It was a movie. I want to say it was called Nightwing.
1: Yes, it was a movie bats. about killer vampire bats. Yes, I, I have the photo novel of that. I've never wow. seen the movie, well, this... but I've read the photo novel since I was I – I've had it since I was a little kid. Coverless because yeah, I, I... – well, that, that was
2: one that we had off of HBO, I guess, or maybe it was just on HBO a lot yeah. back when we only had HBO. We didn't have Showtime or Cinemax or Movie Channel back when there were only four movie channels. Yeah. But there's a scene in that where there's these two or three couples that are at a campfire, and they're having a camp out, much like we're doing here. Yeah. And they are completely unrelated to the rest of the plot. It's one of these things that was added in to kind of pad the movie out. And they get attacked by the bats. And the thing that always freaked me out is one of the people, for reasons unbeknownst to anyone, decides to hide under the car. <laughs> and then the other the other couples get in the car and drive off. And the shot is of the gu- of the camera looking back at the back wheel. As the, as it starts spinning out and driving towards the camera. That that freaked me out when I was a little kid. <laughs> the idea of getting run over by a car in a movie about vampire bats. <laughs> Stop with me, as being a little ridiculous. But still
1: scary at the
0: same time. I remember one of
1: the big scenes in that is he had to lower himself into the vampire bat cave and like... The cave, yeah. And there was a big pool of guano that he had to make sure not to fall in. Of a Uh, of guano.
3: Bat town. Can't wait to see the ladies. Yeah. (laughs) The young guns reference. Sorry. And I
1: remember there was uh, also uh, that your Billy Jack, you know... Um, obligatory Indian here. Chew this, yes. chew this hallucinogenic root. Let's see, mm-hmm. and we'd needed. see, well,
2: we'd, and we'd see the big Indian guy standing on the hill. Yes. and he'd walk away without saying anything. But I said, I, I can't Back tell you anything table, about that movie. But I remember. I said, I remember the Indian standing on the hill, lowering down into the cave, and this whole thing of these people being attacked at a campfire, and a dude getting run over, and then the rest of the party was killed because one of the bats. Apparently smuggled himself into the car inside one of the girl's jackets.
1: Oh, that's right.
2: And the seat ends with him just crawling out, going, "Hey, how are you?" You know, and the...
1: <laughs> which basically it's a mouse.
2: Right. mouse. <laughs> right, 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 right. These go up to eleven,
1: but <coughs> none, none more black. You see, I think. Kind of a I think you you guys just missed it by like a decade, but when, um, but, but then again, you might've caught it on TV. One that real another made for TV. Um, but this one got me when I was like middle school age and that was, uh, the Toby Hooper Salem's lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: That one actually, that one was, that one actually gave me, I love nightmares. I, 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 like, wake up from a good nightmare just like, yes, I'm alive. <laughs> like, not not like I feel alive. Like, yes, that was just a dream. Now I'm alive. The axe was not going to crush my head. Excellent. So, but, like, that scene in in uh, Salem's Lot where the little brother comes back and he's scratching on his brother's window. Yeah. Just sort of... Fu- he does that. You see him come out through the fog, and it looks like he's just stuck on a pole, and they just like,
0: woo, put, hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, he's scratching, and he's just like, come on, let me in. That flipped me. I, I had a, a the, and it was like a two-part miniseries. I believe it was two parts. Yep,
3: because it was like three, three hour, three and a half hours, whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, uh. They used to have the whole thing on YouTube, and now they don't anymore. It got taken down. But uh, um, I saw the first part of it, and then that night I had a nightmare that my entire family had turned into vampires, Ooh. and that I had to, you know, that I had to stake stake them or die. <laughs> it was crazy, and you know, waking up from it just like, oh, you know, in a cold sweat. I w- I wish they made movies like that. They still make scary movies, but I wish they made movies that would give me a good nightmare like that.
4: It's it's tough nowadays. really yeah. yeah. so savvy.
3: Yeah. Well, when I when I was younger, uh, there's only and Luke will remember this. There's only really one one movie that gave me any kind of trouble sleeping, and mm-hmm. it wasn't the movie so much as the very end of the movie. Uh, it's the original House on Haunted Hill, and House on Haunted oh. Hill is not scary the one with Vincent Price. It's not scary at all. When you watch it now, you're like, oh. I mean, I've never, I don't think I've ever, i watched it all the way through a weekend. The, but the scene, they have the ceiling drips blood on the person who's going to die next. And at the end of the movie, it drips blood in the guy and he goes, oh, I'm next. But mate, and he goes, he goes, you're next. And I was like, fuck, I got white ceilings in my room. So <laughs> I drip blood on me. So I stayed up the entire night like watching TV. <laughs> To make sure I didn't get blood dripped on me. This is a time, most of our lives, Luke and I had bunk beds in my room, and he had a bed in his room, and he would just crash in my room on the weekends and whatever, because so my parents were afraid we'd never go to sleep. We'd just talk all
1: night.
3: But so at some point, I didn't have bunk beds, and I was like, fuck, I don't even And it have hasn't bunk changed. Beds. Yeah. Well, I said, I don't even have a bunk bed to even keep me safe from blood dripping on me, right, kind of thing. Um, so... I was like, so that that was like, so I stayed up the entire night. My and I, my dad gets up at like four in the morning, and I'm watching Ben Casey on NBC before Lauren Green's New Wilderness came on. Um, <laughs> yeah, I fucking remember it. Uh, and it's like he goes, and my dad goes, "What the hell are you doing awake?" I go, "Well, I haven't gone to sleep yet. Cause the ceiling's gonna blood on me." He goes, <laughs> "He goes, you're like six years old. You should know better." And I'm like. I should know better. I'm six. I'm in first grade. I should have already had that reasoning down. But yeah, so I wish I was joking. But yeah, that's I should know better. The other problem was this: is that and Luke, Luke knows this, and and it's, this is this is the one thing that I mean, the stuff that scared me most in life is not horror movies. So, but the, but this uh, horror stuff, there was the blood dripping on me, and what scared me for a long ass time. Now I was little. I had to be maybe four or five. Luke was still like little, right? We're watching some horror show, like kind of thing, like where it's like about old movies and whatever. And I'm not scared of the Wolfman, no, Dracula, nothing, none of that stuff fazes me. I've seen everything. I saw a creep show. I saw all this stuff. It's all good. God damn! If there's an old, it had to be one of the old silent movies, and it wasn't for I don't. I've never figured out what movie it is. It's one of the old silent ones. Cabinet and Doctor Caligari. Well, but I don't. I'm not even sure. It, it might have been a scene from that. All I know is it's someone running, from the, and they show the castle, and in the in the castle, the window, there's like draperies blowing. And I said, "Why is that person afraid?" And my dad said, "Well, the devil lives in red curtains." And I said, "What?" He goes, "The devil lives in red curtains. They're afraid of the curtains. The devil's in." Them. And I said, "Oh, okay. So, anyone <laughs> want to guess what color the curtains in my room are?" <laughs>
4: Blood red.
3: I, I, I mean, Luke will back me up. They have been red yep, my entire life. Shit. They're they're still red. The same curtain's still hanging there. And the problem mm-hmm. is, in the summertime, um, we didn't have an air conditioner in my room, so we'd have the window open, and like the, the, it would flap in the wind. Man, that's terrifying. I actually <laughs> turned around. I wish I was joking in the bunk bed. I actually used to sleep my head by that window. I actually re turned it around so I slept the other way in the bed, so my feet would be by that window. So if if the devil tried to grab me, he grab my foot, and I could probably make a getaway, right? <laughs> that scared me for years, and I was like, and I was like it's just curtains. I'm like, nothing can get me. And I was like, when it, and I like days when it rained, because there wouldn't be as much wind, and like I liked when it was like when the winter time, because the curtains wouldn't move. But then of course the heat would kick on and they would move because they'd move at night, dude. And it was like, okay, and it wasn't like debilitating, didn't sleep. It wasn't like you know whatever. But it was like. <laughs> Oh God! And I said that we've—I actually have said that to my dad, Luke. has been asked. like, "You told me this." And he's like, "I never said anything." And like, yeah, you totally did. Luke's like, "Yeah, you did, Dad." He's like, "Oh, <laughs> okay." And so, him it was a complete throwaway line, just joking around. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "That's yeah. But it, that may be it. I'm thinking, my—we—we we talk about this. I'm thinking, like, well, what scares me? What scares me? It ain't that stuff. Well, you, you know, know, it what, might be—it might put be the mortgage and the car payment and the, yeah. the credit card bill are all due the same day. And you don't get paid till Friday. That shit's scary. Yeah. Well, you know,
2: so. Well, you know what what's funny besides talking about, about that, and, and what's funny also if you know our dad, when we always ask him, Well what did he find scary, the thing my dad always said was there's one episode of the Twilight Zone called the Howling Man. Oh yes. And at the very end of the Howling Man, you know, they they the guy takes the crook off the, the the cell and the guy walks out and he turns into the devil. And my dad always says, he goes, I'm going to Catholic school. And they're telling me there's a live devil out there yep. ready to go to, to, to take your soul. And my dad's like, of course. He moved the thing off the door. That's why the devil's out there. I mean, come on. Yeah.
3: that's. <laughs> well, he, uh, he, he, he talked about that episode. talked about that episode. And, and the old Twilight Zone Marathon, it's not like nowadays when they show like all of them. They would never show that episode. They would never show it. 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 it was never on VHS. It was never anywhere. And then finally we saw it. My dad actually ordered it because this is that old. This is from the back of the old cable book. there would be like guys selling bootleg movies and stuff like that. signature cinema and all that stuff like that. He actually ordered from a guy. It was the they were called the lost episode. And it was the episode they never showed on TV. And it was that one of the one of the ones that it was the Christmas and whatever. And he ordered it and we watched it. And he was like, man, that was the scariest thing I ever seen in my entire life when I was a kid. And we we're watching it going. Oh, that makes total sense. Now, here we are going, we've already seen, you know, like, by that time, I mean, I've already, we've already watched, I and mean, we saw Aliens in the movie theater. Uh, we watched John Carpenter. Well, we had watch,
2: watched The Exorcist, you know, oh, yeah. The Omen. Oh, no. we, so. Okay, look at
3: that. So, I'm, when I'm six, you're four. So, let's figure it. Probably when I was seven, you're five. We're watching The Omen. Sitting there watching yeah. The Omen. The Exorcist, I was eight, Luke was six. And yeah. it wasn't anything. <laughs> Like, this yeah. is oh a really scary
1: movie. See, I was, tw- I was like, 11, 12 years old, and my mom would still... And The Exorcist came on TV, cut, and it was shown at midnight, and my mom wouldn't let me watch it. See, it's well, funny you guys
4: mentioned The Exorcist, because that's
1: actually on my list of things to talk about.
0: It's what, well, I got, funny. I, but the, but
2: the, the, uh, the, it's I mean, like the, the I, I mean, exactly. said, we watched, we'd watch The Omen or The Exorcist, and that didn't scare me, but you know we watched a movie we watched a lot when we were kids was the the giant ant movie called them oh yeah, oh, yeah. okay and the sound that the ants make is um, uh, it's, it's a sped up and remixed crickets and we lived in the absolute middle of nowhere oh, directions right. to our house include turn off the paved road and yes. you go out at about six o'clock, you know, 7 o'clock on a summer night, and all the crickets. You're surrounded we're like, my... giant ants coming to get uh, me, man.
3: It, it was it was nonstop. <laughs> it did, when it hit, the, when it as soon as spring hit and the crickets started making noise, it right through until it got to like you know like October. Every night, all you heard was them, and it just it, and it was there were some nights when it was loud, and it didn't. I mean, the thing is, but it's just the noise they're making constantly. And so the problem is, most people didn't watch the movies we watched. Most of my friends were like, "Oh, you've never seen Breakfast Club," and they're like we were like ten years old, and I'm like, "No, but you've never seen The Fly. You didn't see this." <laughs> and we would talk about things, and they were like, "You saw those?" I'm like, "Yeah, I saw those." It's funny, you went heard... from Crickets to The Fly. No, no. What I'm yep. saying is like that. Like, <laughs> so we would say like, "Oh, it sounds like them," and people are like, "What's them?" I go, "It's a giant ant movie." They're like, "That sounds dumb," and I'm like no dude like and then you and then like people would come over and we're like they're like what are we gonna watch and i'm like and their parents were like well we don't really let them watch anything so we have to watch like older movies which is, and then we watch that and then you'd have to and then you'd be going to like all right it's time to get you know time to go sack out for the night in sleeping bags and all you hear in the entire house is the crickets and they're like dude are you joking and i'm like dude you're scared of that i thought it was a baby movie i thought it was nothing yeah. it. you know they're like well but i didn't know people died and i'm like what do you think giant ant movies about? Yeah. Well the ants came out and they decided that we need to have a social commentary on, you know, nuclear fought. Fuck you think's happening. <laughs> See the funny Is sugar thing,
2: precious cargo. Is there yeah. a black market for sugar?
3: Yeah. <laughs> you got a sweet tooth. Um the Me funny thing. Yeah, well, just real quick exercise thing, these are these are two uh, two things that are funny as hell. When my parents, um before obviously Luke and I were born, they went down to the city to see. Uh, they, 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 well, they, I'm not, say, they went down to the city to see the extras when it opened. The book had come out, and the exorcist was a major, major thing, right?
0: Yeah, it was huge. They come
3: out. They, they come out, and 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 someone brought a baby to the movie theater. <laughs> and at one of the moments when there's dead silence, the baby starts crying, and everyone jumps, right? <laughs> uh. <laughs> when the movie's over, they're out on. They're out and down, in, in Manhattan, right? They walk right outside, and it's summertime. And some fucking nutjob runs up to my mom and squirts her with a water gun. Oh,
0: God. And
3: my mom screams. Now, it could have been a real gun. My mom could have got killed and all and whatever. But a guy squirts her with a water gun. And it just came out of nowhere. And my mom shrieks as loud as possible. And the guy runs away, right? Otherwise, my dad would have beaten that guy to death. And then my dad would have been time <laughs> in jail. Because um, that's what kind of shit happens, right? So yeah. <laughs> Then they go and see- they, now they go see the movie called Mother Jugs and Speeds, a Bill Cosby movie. Yep. Yep. Right? The sneak preview with it was a movie called The Omen. And it comes up and it says, you know, Gregory Peck. Liam right. now no one knew what The Omen was, Liam Remick. Why right? my dad goes, fuck, it's gonna be a romantic movie? <laughs> and then what unfolds <laughs> is The O- you, Right? You know and- what's
1: scary? Mother Jugs and Roofies. Well- <laughs> oh, zip, zip-zop,
4: a bop I've been jello, jello,
1: jello, jello pudding pop!
0: You,
4: we should have known something was up when that motherfucker told us that new Coke was better than original Coke.
1: Yeah, try it. Here, try it. Drink it. Um, Kids with the pokey and the man and the coming... Dad,
2: listen, I need your help. I got a girl pregnant.
4: <laughs> Just today, don't listen to jazz. They don't know what the jazz is all about. Women being awake and
2: alert. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, this disgrad. Okay,
1: uh, let's not talk oh. about Cosby as frightening yeah. as that might so, be. My, so my the, aunt wore who was not uh, my family didn't go to church and was just not not anti-religious, just not religious at all. My aunt went to see the Exorcist and made her kids and wore a crucifix for like a sure. year after watching that. <laughs>
3: that was not uncommon. I, I know, I
1: know. I saw a I saw a scene from it on TV when I was a little kid, and then one morning I woke up and down the hall I could hear my sister like sleeping, but she was like, <sighs> and, and I was like, said, oh, "My health. sister's possessed," which okay. may or well, may not be true. Actually, but. it's I mean, it's it's funny. I'll just touch on the Exorcist thing since we're kind of talking about it.
4: It's one of those things I didn't end up seeing it till I was in my twenties believe it or not. But you're a um, Catholic and I, boy. And, yeah, well and it wasn't because of that. Got a but quarter it's,
1: for an old Catholic boy, father
4: <laughs> <laughs> That was was that the third one? That's no, the that was one. The, that was the first one. Okay. But it's it's one of those things where, yeah, if that if that is the faith that you're brought up in, it in some ways it, it's got you some know, extra zing to it. It's got some extra juice to it. And it's and it's one of those things where it's it is one of the purest distillations of the corruption of innocence that really has ever been on screen and it's uh, you know it, it people
1: laugh at it nowadays i don't i don't find it laughable i really do find I, it affecting people laugh yeah. at it i don't think they laugh at it when they're watching the movie cuz it's still an effective it's grim it is austere it is
4: There is no joy to be had in it. It is a. It's it's very very affecting. Well, it's in that
1: it's in that dry. It's It's a a seventies movie. Yeah, documentary fashion, with with, you know, but it's still it's still got the moodiness to it. My, and besides all the possession stuff, my favorite part of that movie is no rats. rats. No rats. Well, in the ad, just that jump scare is one of the greatest earned it's... jump scares ever. Well, the yeah, I mean the jump scares are good, but it's
4: it's the stuff like when Reagan comes down to the party and just pisses herself in the middle of the party. It's like there's something really wrong with this girl because she looks completely normal, but she's
1: just like
4: there's oh, yeah. a you You're gonna there. die up there. He's gonna yeah, and it's and every time they do the. The subliminal of the Captain Howdy face I can't look at that image I can't like I can't go to Rotten Cotton and look through the horror t-shirts because I know that that Captain Howdy face is going to be waiting for oh, me <laughs> and it's that that image of a
1: a devil is so like it's so well, primal to me that like it's it's, it's deeply that, affecting I, I was not raised religious and like it was funny we were talking about crickets and bugs because like in the seventies, there were all these bug m- horror movies, bees. There were a big killer bee thing, but there were like a lot of bee- like Samuel J. Arkoff bugs type movies, and those never sk- Those were always fun to watch for me. But the devil movies always had that extra because the devil is like having the devil as an enemy in a movie is basically almost as bad as having God as your enemy. You yeah, know, the it's... devil is is just is close to omnipotent. So that when, you know, you have those movies of the, you know, wh- whether it's like Rosemary's Baby or like Race from Race with the Devil, they always had that extra added creepiness to it. <laughs> I remember like being a little kid and did anybody ever hear EG Marshall's Mystery Theater? It was on AM radio. No. And it was just old-fashioned no. radio drama and I remember Like, my cousins and I listening to the radio, and my parents would not, you know, nobody was paying attention to what we were listening to because it was AM radio, whatever, you know, what are we going to hear on it? Credence. And it was one of those stories where a woman meets this guy, and at the end, you find out he's the devil, and she's in hell, or, you know, or whatever, and I remember just... Flip me, you know. And by the way, Wilma, I'm the devil. No.
4: Well, it's it's funny because I mean, it's I think only in the '70s would you have got that milieu of of the Omen in The Exorcist, where yeah. the endings yeah. are really fucking bleak. Yeah, of, of course they are. It's I mean, yeah. you know.
2: Well, and and you know, you I mean you gotta also look at it's the '70s. Well, not only was it the '70s, but you know, Rosemary's Baby has kind of the. The uh, the meta textual um, kicker, if you will, for it when when she's at the doctor's office, she's sitting in the waiting room, and the cover of Time magazine says, "Is God dead?" You know, you already had had that. You know, Vatican Council II. You had had all the changes that were going on in the church in the late '60s into the '70s, and this renewed interest in the occult, both from a popular culture standpoint, but also in the rise of occult practices in the United States. I mean. There were the the, especially out west.
1: Oh yeah, no. With the churches of Satan and the the various other, you had Anton LaVey, and people were getting into Aleister Crowley. It was sort of so that was
2: so that was a real thing. That was that was striking right at the hearts of middle American fears. It's like God is dead, and we're living in an age where Satan is going to rule. And this isn't, you know, I mean, this isn't like it is now, where you know having. Well, it, it you know it is like it is now where putting where uh, you know strongly held religious beliefs has to be put up in air quotes because nobody believes the real, you know. Back then, that was that was the status quo. That was the status and the quo. Uh, so,
1: Satan worshippers are now like a uh, uh, punchline to a bad joke about like heavy metal teen- teenagers, you know. Right. Yeah. Where, <laughs> whereas in the in the sixties and seventies. No, it could be it could be your neighbors and their little ranch house could be get getting naked and putting red robes on with their pedogram in their living room, just for kicks, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, why not? Yeah. Swing swinging good time.
2: See, I mean, that was a thing that was so uh, disappointing is the best word for it when The Exorcist got re released for the anniversary edition. Um, what about ten years ago, I guess, or so?
0: Longer than and, that, you now, I know, think.
2: It's probably close. Yeah, to 50s. It probably is. I'm, I'm, I, I remember that I was old enough to be reading reviews on on like IMDb. It was on,
1: Yeah, it was when the internet was already going pretty good. And you'd get these these kids, and I say kids because they were
2: they were stupid kids. It wasn't scary at all. I don't know what the big deal is. This wasn't as scary as some other stuff that's more modern. It's like shut up.
1: Yeah. Shut your. They were the ones back. who were watching the ring or something like that. You know that right. was what's scary to them.
2: When 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 it's the like when they. A, Charlotte. No, I was going to say, just stop saying words. That's all I can say for that.
3: <laughs> when, when the uh, when, when the release came out, my, my Kelly had never seen it. We were Kelly and I were still dating at the time. We probably were engaged or whatever. But like, I said, well, we got to go see it in the theaters. And she's like, I don't really want to go see it in the theaters yet. I'm like, well, you won't watch it at home. Cause you would be watching it at night. She's like, let's go to the theater in the middle of the day, right? We're in the middle of the, go in the daytime. <laughs> and we walk in the theater, and there's no one in the theater. It's just me and her, right? And uh, I'm like, uh, sweet. Awesome. That's my favorite. That's my best way to watch a movie. Yeah. It's just just me and whoever I'm with, because I don't like anybody else, so that's all we need. Well, we're about when we get ready to start, and this woman walks an older woman and with her son. Her son had to be in his mid twenties to early thirties. Giant tub of popcorn, juju bees, like the whole nine, right? And he they go walk and sit up there and you can tell he's into horror movies. Like he's very pumped up to see this. He's very excited. This is like like episode one kinda excited, right? Um <laughs> You know, without the letdown. Uh, So they sit up there and Kelly's just like, you know, kind of like, she's already kind of nervous. She doesn't like this. Well, they're playing the trailer for Lost Souls, this shitty Winona Ryder movie that took 10 years to come out kind of thing. And somebody (laughs) walked in the theater and touched Kelly on the arm. (laughs) Fuck, did she not jump straight up out of her seat and goes, what the fuck? And landed on (laughs) me. And the guy goes, I'm very sorry. And Kelly goes, are you fucking joking? He'll fucking touch and she's screaming at this guy. And he's like, Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And he went and sat in the back, right? She scared the shit out of this guy. The guy was terrified. He was trying to watch the trailer. She scared the crap out of him. But she sits down. And now I'm thinking to myself, going, She is so nervous. She's like like a long tailed cat in a room full of rocket chairs. She is so nervous right now. So she's gonna jump every jump scare. Every jump scare is gonna get her. Right? Well, goddamn, if they go up in the attic and the candle flares. She jumps up. Every time the face comes up, she jumps. Uh-huh. Everything gets her. The and now remember, now that this point we had never seen the spider walk refixed. We've only seen this the crappy footage they had of it. Right. The spider walk comes down, and that's the only scene I was like, whoa. I was like, that's cool. Like that was like not like not scary, but like that's so cool looking. It they, it was a nice job what they did here. The whole movie, she's terrifying. The final credit and, and and at one point, right when uh Right after the the face appears, because they added more faces in yeah, the movie. Yeah, I didn't
4: like that. But... Well,
3: dude, because it, 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 it catches you off guard. The one where it flashes right on the refrigerator, she yeah. jumps, right? And then it's dead silent movie theater, and the guy drops his juju bees, and they go, smash! And he rolls to the front of the theater, and Kelly's just like, shaking. And see, I'm, I have to pee. <laughs> I'm like, you can't pee, girl. You can't leave, because I'm not going with you. And you're watching this movie. So we get out to the theater, and she goes, Thank God, it's still the middle of the day. Well, the problem was, it wasn't the middle of the day. anymore now it's nighttime. We're going outside. She's terrified to go out.
0: She's like, I don't want to
3: go. I'm like, I'm not leaving you in here and pulling the car up to the movie theater. Please, let's go. You're fine. It's nothing going to happen. The extras isn't real. It's like, she's terrified. Terrified. It's so funny. We get, like like we get to the car. She like sprints to the car. This is a girl who's had four knee operations. She's like, at the car, I don't have a beefy thing. I'm driving the old Subaru. I gotta unlock it with the key.
2: Right? Driving the
0: cherry tomato, yeah.
3: Yeah, I go, you wanna go to Best Buy? She's like, no, I wanna go home.
0: (laughs) I'm like,
2: alright. She's like, holding her her I was gonna gonna say, and if if you know my brother, if you're in Danbury, you better believe you're going to Best Buy. Well, we
3: we, we did go to Best Buy beforehand, but we had to go back. (laughs) They used to have really good DVD selection. She's like, you're That's not going to look to the DVDs. I'm like, maybe they added new DVDs in the two hours we were gone. Um, <laughs> Dude,
2: I like DVDs it, and stuff, but it's cool. But it, it, it's, it's so it, I tell you, it's funny you are talking about coming out of the theater and it being nighttime. Because it's funny the things that won't bother you except in certain environments oh, sure. and settings. Now, one story that I've told before, but it bears repeating, because it's happened to me more than once, is one of my favorite movies is Lucio Fulci's zombie. And the score to Zombie by Fabio Fritzi is one of my favorite Italian horror movie scores. But every time that I watch that movie, that, that score gets kind of stuck with you. And, uh, and so the story that I, that I have is, now when I was, uh, now my, my brother and I and our friend John, we started really digging deep into these Italian movies when Anchor Bay started releasing them on VHS uh, around the summer of 1999, I want to say. 99-2000, that time frame. So when I go back to Clemson, I'm bringing my, you know, my copies of these with me and I'm exposing all my friends to them because they're horror neophytes. You know, that was how Horror Festicon was born, was for me to show them horror movies to kind of educate them on this stuff. And so I'm the, the jaded, cynical guy that's seen all this crap, right? So we're watching Zombie in the, this is on, on Clemson University, this is in Gear Hall, one of the shoeboxes. And the shoe boxes are down what's colloquially known as The Hill. On Clemson University, from the top of the hill, you go down to the bottom of the hill, and that's where Death Valley is, the football stadium. Now, I live in Holmes Hall, which is at the top of the hill. The shoeboxes are about two-thirds to three-quarters of the way down the hill, and it's a pretty steep hill. It's steep enough that when we have an ice storm, dudes will kayak down it and crash into the walls outside of uh, Death Valley. So we're watching this movie. It's about one in the morning when we get out, and it is pitch black and dead quiet because this is on like a Thursday night or something everybody's still out drinking downtown and it's like okay well I'm gonna go back we'll, we'll meet up tomorrow we'll, we'll go get breakfast whatever and then you take a step outside and you walk away from the lights of the dorm and now you're absolutely by yourself surrounded by you know trees and forest on all sides and do 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 do, do. it's like okay I'm just gonna huff it up this hill right now here we go <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah. We used to get that at Albany too. Like I'd be at Albany. You, you walk. Or you have to walk across. The, you have to walk across the campus, and, and the dorms are on the out, the outskirts. And I'd be over uh, diagonally across from my quad or whatever. And I'd be walking back to my buddy's quad, and it's like two, three in the morning, and I'm not worried about it. But it's stone quiet in a city, which is already weird. And when you get to the middle of campus, there's every sound echoes back. There's nothing there. You're just walking. And every once in a while, you'd have somebody who had the bright idea to maybe leave their window open, like one of the professors, and their drapes are flapping out the freaking thing. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? Like, it looks like someone's jumping out the window. It's like So people were like, but like the drunk people are there every once in a while. You just hear someone going, and I'm like, well, I know that's a drunk person because I'm in Albany. And it's probably, you know... Some Long Island chick who's like, uh, I don't feel you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it just is disconcerting when you don't see the person and there's something flapping out a window. Yes,
2: each
0: place.
2: The the best the best story about that I have though <laughs> is not I'm I'm at the I'm at my my friend Joe's apartment, which is off campus, and we we don't know what the hell we you were was, doing. Was we were doing a movie. Stuff. No, Joe's apartment. Yes, yes. Yeah, so there was right. no there was no dancing roaches in this one. Ah. Uh. Yeah, it's a little disappointing in that sense, but I didn't live there, so it probably would have been cool if it did happen. But anyway, so I'm, I'm walking down to my uh, I'm walking down to my car, and and this is one of those typical off-campus apartments where there's you know there there's four apartments per floor, and each building is three stories tall, and there's like you know a dozen buildings. There's a lot of college-age students all living here, right? And uh, and I'm walking back to my car. It's maybe I don't know eleven o'clock at night. I got to work the next day, so I'm heading home relatively early. And, uh, I just hear two girls hooting and hollering. I look over and I see these two chicks, and they're, you know, they, they, they've been imbibing some adult beverages, and one of them yells right at me, Hey! There must be butter on those buds, because jelly don't shake like that!
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I said, You know it! <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Not scary, but certainly amusing, so.
0: <laughs>
1: well,
4: yes. Speaking of amusing, my, my family is a, a big proponent of, uh, you know, waiting for somebody to come out of the bathroom or waiting uh, just around a corner and then just saying,
1: boo, boo. to them as they <laughs> walk around. And I'm usually in like front of that. in the family or just somebody coming over to visit? No, me. Oh. Uh, and, uh, It'd be funny if
3: just random people come over to visit. Yeah. Like it, some guy in the bathroom says, and
4: really I, just, I
3: was outside the bed.
4: It's 30, 35 fucking years of it, and I still hit the ceiling every fucking time somebody does it to
3: me. <laughs> it could be worse, Hero. It could be worse. It could be a giant spider. So oh, Go, go um, fuck yourself. Yeah. Well, no, as anybody who saw the, the, what we was with, well, there is uh, my friend Stacy uh, served three or four tours in Iraq. She's, uh, she's one chick you don't want to fuck with. Uh, but she said over there, they had these camel spiders, and I'd seen pictures. She goes, "They don't even do it justice, Jay. They are the biggest. They are just like dog size. They are just insane, and they'll kill you because they're highly venomous. And like, like, they're just, they're just like, like, you know, it's the perfect fodder for a horror movie, right? They're and
1: aggressive, like, yeah.
3: Oh, they, they, they don't, they don't, they don't care. They're not afraid of humans. They'll go, what they want something, they go get it. They'll take down like birds and small animals. Like, they have those kind of things in the rainforest too." Uh, the, the big, it's, it's the, what is it, the bird-eating spider? Yeah, it, they're, it like, pretty size. Yeah, right? They're huge. So, okay, so, and I know just Chris doesn't puppy. like Stop Right. it. So, oh. I, I know Chris is not a big fan of, uh, arachnids there. No. But, neither is my wife. And, and I, I know I had to tell this. I told, I, I, you guys, some of you have heard this, Luke knows this for sure. Um, but it was so funny, I gotta tell you. We first moved in our condo, just after we got married. Um, I'm down in the basement working on a model, and I'm down painting, and Kelly comes home from work, and she goes, hey, I'm like, come on down, I want to show you the model I'm working on. She just to the bottom of the step, she goes, why is your model on the floor? I said, well, I would never put a model on the floor. Um, I said, what are you talking about? She goes, right here, this model, and she bent down to pick it up, and imagine a wood spider that's about the size of, like, it's not the full size of your hand, but at least the entire spider. Of a, of a grown man's hand, yep. and its legs are sticking. I mean, it's big. It's one of the uh, biggest footprints I've ever seen. Well, it starts going right at her. She screams <laughs> again, and bolts up the stairs. There's 13 yep. steps. I think she hit four of them. Slams the door, locks it, takes the <laughs> takes the chair from the dining room table and shoves it under the fucking door handle. Right, and then I hear her in the kitchen, and I'm like, and then and I, and I hear her get up, getting up on the like she's up on top of the table, and I go, <laughs> I go, what are you doing? Now, meanwhile, as soon as I saw this, I said, oh, I grabbed my exacto and I put it right through the top of the spider. It's dead. I mean, well, it's stuck on my. It wasn't exactly dead, dead, but it was dead. But it wasn't
4: going mostly over. dead.
0: Yeah, it, it is mostly, mostly dead.
3: dead. Yeah, when you're completely dead, go through your pocket and lose change. Mostly dead, you might be able to do something. But it was, it wasn't going anywhere. Trust me, the exacto blade was right through the, its skull. It wasn't going anywhere. And I go, Kelly, what are you doing? She goes, no way, I am not opening this door. And I'm like, you seriously, lock the door? She goes, yes. And I go, I go, she goes, and I put a chair up to it. And I'm on the dining room table with a knife. She had the butcher knife in her hand.
4: She's, she had, because she's smart.
3: Well, no, now, not only is this wood spider, not only is this wood spider going to, it, it obviously gotten, it came up the drain of the, the uh, downstairs in the basement, it came up the drain of the showers down there, which now that shower is completely covered. So nothing gets up it. Thank you. So not only was the spider going to make it up the thirteen stairs as fast as she did, it was going to somehow open the door, yeah, muscle through that door. So now <laughs> it's going to jimmy the lock. Yeah, and she's like, well, if it jimmies the lock, because it's not a it's not a major lock. There's a little you know lock on the on the knob. Now we got to deal with a chair, and she had the butcher knife. I said, you got to open. I go, oh, it's dead. She goes, no, no, it's not dead. I'm like, it's dead. <laughs> so to that yes. end. I bought uh, at Michael's. They had like you know the, the rubber like the, the rubber spiders and stuff like that. Yeah, they, they have a tarantula. It's clearly not real, right? But like when when you, when you reveal it, it looks real. So no fucking better. Okay. So I have I bought two of them. I bought a smaller one and a bigger one. And Haley, Haley loves doing this to Kelly. My daughter's four, but she's like devious. She hmm. goes, "Let's scare mommy." I said, "Well, I love scaring mommy." So we used to scare mommy by having Haley hide um, behind the pillows on our bed, and I go, Kelly come on in here, and I go, and Kelly would think Haley's someone. Haley would jump out and, and actually scare her.
0: <laughs> Haley
3: puts Haley puts <laughs> Haley puts the
0: spider. <laughs>
3: Haley puts the spider right, and then covers it with her with Haley's pajamas. Like Kelly's not thinking anything. Put it right in there. So what happens is, and and we're getting Haley changed, and Haley goes, I go, just don't laugh. Don't tell Mommy, don't laugh. And Haley's like, and usually she gives it away. But Kelly comes in. I go, "Kelly, if you grab her shirt. So Haley's looking right at it, and Kelly pulls it. And the fighter, the the thing, it catches on it, and it flies up in the air. Kelly screams, grabs (laughs) Haley, and sprints, naked, wet child in her arms. She's shrieking. She's out of in the, the car,
1: five miles right. down the
0: road.
3: <laughs> Kelly <laughs> Haley starts going, "Mommy, you're silly." She goes, "That's a spider." She goes, "In faith, I got you." And Kelly is so mad at her. She goes, "I can't even dry this child right now. Dry her." And I'm like, "That was great." And Kelly goes, "Let's do it again tomorrow, right?"
4: There's a special <laughs> circle of hell
1: reserved for dude, you, dude. You know what though? It's she's funny. A, she's too young to ground, so why yeah. not get away with it when you can?
3: Yes, yeah, dude. We, we we would do stuff like that. Kelly is not stealthful. My daughter is truly not stealthful. She's plomping around. So I'm working with her on being st- quiet going up the stairs so she can scare Kelly once in a while because she just doesn't. But she does, she, does, she <laughs> That's giggles.
2: That's the only reason to walk quietly up the stairs. <laughs> Well, dude, I could give two shits about anybody anybody, in my neighbors, and it ain't waking us up. Cause... With the structural integrity of the stairs and anything else, that's my main thing. <laughs> well,
3: if they support my fat ass, they'll support her, like, 30 pounds of weight. Though. But Haley, I'm teaching Haley how to sneak and be quiet, but the problem is Haley can't do it when she's awake. The child will wake up in the middle of the night, and she'll walk in the pitch black right down the hallway and into our room. And the problem is, there have been nights when she was younger and she was still asleep. She would stand... At Kelly's side of the bed, because she knows oh, better than God. come to my side of the bed. And she's just standing there oh asleep staring at Kelly.
4: That's fucking frightening.
3: Like like yeah. from paranormal activity. And Kelly is woken up and screamed. And I woke up like, what's the matter? She goes, What is Haley doing? I go, She's asleep. And when Kelly was younger, Kelly used to sleepwalk. It was bad. When she was younger, they actually had to like block like parts of the house off and stuff. She was just a new freaking out falling out I was terrified. Haley forever had gates up because we were terrified she would sleepwalk. And what it was, she would just kind of wake up and come in. Well, now what she does is she knows better now. She When she put, she, wakes, she wakes up, she comes in and she just crawls in the bed. Well, she scared Kelly by doing that, too. Because <sighs> Kelly wakes up in the morning and there's Kelly's face right in. She goes, ah! It's right in her face. <laughs> <laughs> She's just snoring away. You know, so. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I
2: see,
3: my wife my, is jumpy
2: is, is an yeah. so. well, my, my, my oldest will do that, though, because Jacob, he's, he's, he's really smart. And so he he knows that if he comes in and he's real gets on the side of the bed with his mom and is real quiet, he can sleep there. And no one else, no one will mind because he won't notice. You know, no one will notice. The the uh, Simon has terrified me a few times because my my middle child is not subtle in any way. So <laughs> like normally, when Simon gets on the bed, it's by running around and then jumping and landing with part with his knee on some part of my anatomy. Sometimes it's my I'm knee. Sometimes it's my junk. Sometimes it's my sternum. Once it was my face. And so that's how you want to be woken up. Thus then, proving daddy, this man, my man,
4: assertion that this there's thing. nothing more terrifying than children.
2: Children, yes. Amen. Well, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, and funny. you know what? You want, again, again, just something scary. And, and Jay knows this, and if Sean uh, was here, he would know this too, is uh, that... You know that that first week when uh, when you're changing diapers and the the the, 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 the black marconium. tar comes out. Dude, the first uh,
3: week I got that the first day <laughs> in the hospital.
2: <laughs> the, 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 say, to, that, the, the primer last, oil, last, the, the first <laughs> the shit that baby takes. Is, yeah, and is and, black and the, marconium? the I, yeah marconium exactly. Oh. And and the only the way I've seen it described is the absolute perfect way, and it said it will be it will be sticky and disgusting, and you will be convinced that there is something wrong with your child. I was Wait, so I it's was. not supposed to be
4: like that now?
3: <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> right. The first stuff that's coming out is all the crap that's in their system they're just flushing it out, right? So, the first one you and you come you're like, "Oh my god, that just came out of her." Dude, it, I couldn't get that. I couldn't get it off her. Like she just no. shit. And I'm like Ooh. And what happened? I go I and I called the nurse. I go, "I can't get it off her." Goes, what do you mean? I go, I can't get the Merconium off. I, go, I understand it's Merconium. I understand. Like I'm I'm not stupid. I, I did research on this crap. I understand <laughs> what it's supposed to be, but I can't get it off. It's like the
2: stickiest tar ever. Right? You know what it looks like what it looks like? The second segment of Creep Show Two.
4: Yes. Oh my god. Exactly. The raft. Yes. That
3: that out of you. <sighs> when you're And dude, it smells worse that than you, death. That's scary? It smells worse than a six-week-old dead hooker.
4: Okay? Oh, I don't want to know why you know.
2: Well, let me tell you something. We know a dead hooker when we smell a dead hooker, and that, my friends, is a dead, dead hooker.
4: hooker. <laughs> I, I, just, I just Googled meconium. Mac- Thanks, guys. Dude, dude mm.
3: that's what, it, It's funny because I said that before. I said to you guys, I said, well, you want, well, you want to keep this light? You want to keep whatever? I said, you know, because the stuff that's scary in my life, the stuff that I've been truly scared of in my life. Okay, yes, the devil in the red curtains and the blood dripping on me. That was when I was a kid. But when you start getting older, dude, things that scare you or unnerve you are truly not, like, scary movies or things like that. But but there are times I'll watch a movie and I'm like, whoa, that really, like, it'll, it'll upset me. And, like, that will give me, like, nightmares, quote-unquote. But it's certainly not a movie with a monster in it or something. It's usually something that's so, like, you know, hits so close to the home. The home. And well, I'm I'm not joking. My kids will say to me at school, Mister J, what's the scariest movie ever? And I'm like, dude, what I find scary, what you find scary is not the same thing. We watched the movie called The Descent, and I and to me, it's one of the best movies that's come out in recent years. I love The Descent. It's Neil Marshall, who's one of my favorite directors. That movie, if you're claustrophobic at all, you're gonna have a hard time done. watching. Yeah. Dude, just the whole, because the, there was a movie it's in called caves, The Cave,
1: right? Basically, yes.
3: There's a movie called The Cave, which came out before it. That's uh, Morris Chestnut and stuff, and they're fighting these monsters. And it's, it, the monster effects are cool, and everything. But everything in the cave is wide open, and there's lots of room. You're like, okay, it's kind of like just that night. In, in the, into the descent, <laughs> into the descent, everything is tight. They get stuck. There's no place to go. There's no light. There's you're just like, oh my, you haven't even seen the creatures yet. And you're like, I really, yeah. we, we watched it. We watched it in the summer. My buddy John and I were watching it here in the middle of summertime. I so got the AC on, whatever. He goes, dude, open the front door. I go, the AC's on, man. He goes, just open, then open the blinds. I go, why? He goes, I'm having a hard time breathing. It seems very, he's claustrophobic. I'm like, okay. So we open the, the blinds. We have some light coming in here. And then it starts getting worse. And he's like, dude, I'm really having a hard time breathing right now because it's just the claustrophobia taking over what happens is when by the time the monsters show the, the creatures show up they're terrifying as well right and you're like <laughs> you're like awesome there's nothing here that shouldn't like be ter- most, like truly terrifying to you you know what I'm saying well, and a lot of know, people a lot of people have kind of like you know glossed over like oh it looks cheesy and I'm like watch it just watch it it's like a movie called Session 9 and Luke's heard about oh Session 9 Session 9, I have had people, and I don't know if you guys have seen Session 9, have said it's the most boring movie they've ever seen. And then other people watched it, and they're like, that movie is truly terrifying. When in Session 9, the scene where there's just a light shining on an old wheelchair, when you looked out my door of my bedroom, the light from the kitchen was shining on the recliner,
2: and it looked just like it.
3: I was like, that's a little disturbing right there. But I got a piece.
2: Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Tell the rest of it where you got up and turned the light off.
3: Yes, yeah, so I did. Oh, yeah. No, I walked out. I turned, I turned the lights on in the hallway, walked down, turned the light off in the kitchen, and turned it off. And my dad gets up in the morning. He goes, oh, the light burned out. I go, no, I must have turned it off by mistake. Right? The problem was, I'm in my 20s, dude. It's not like I'm a kid. I'm in my 20s. John and I are sitting here watching this at night. And John... Doesn't get scared of anything is terrified. He goes, "Holy fuck, dude! I gotta go walk to my car at the end of your driveway. We have a big ass driveway." I said, "Can we put the lights on?" He goes, you your dad gonna get mad?" I'm like, "Well, mom's asleep. Dad probably get pissed, but if we tell him it was for a good reason, he'll he'll understand." We'll tell him that we thought we saw a fox in the driveway because that could happen, right? <laughs> and he'll be, like, "Oh, just get it because because we've had what was on the driveway that I hit with the javelin." Oh, I hit the, the we have a raccoon that's the size of like a small German Shepherd. Um, I kid you not. And we have a possum that's that big too. Yeah. And one night we went outside, and the, the possum, possum kind of liked his like, own business, at least. Well, the, no, the possum member reared up and was like, i fight." Yeah. I grabbed my javelin yeah, I and know. I skipped the javelin, and hit him with it. Javelin <laughs> bounced off, him. motherfucker just Jesus. ran away.
1: Yeah, right? raccoons <laughs> don't have a lot of fear. Yeah. Well, neither this. Neither did this.
3: Uh, this this possum, dude. We have a raccoon that lives behind my parents' house that is the size of a dog. I mean, and we saw it walk by the door, and I'm like, "What is that?" I Like. A small bear, like it looks like, and they're like, "That's the raccoon, and it eats everything." And it's it, it's the, the main predator, and that end of the house, it eats everything. And the other side is the... So John, we're walking down there, and he's like, "Dude, i to walk down my car." I'm like, "Don't be a pussy." He goes, "You gotta walk back up that driveway." I'm like, "Well, the lights will be on." So, <laughs> dude is terrified. Like uh. we're just two, we're two grown ass adults going. I'm really scared right now. And session nine has very little blood in it. It doesn't have a monster. Doesn't have any. It's just unnerving, unsettling because it's based. It's, it's it was filmed in a real mental institution and all. that It's just scary, and
2: Jeez. it's like,
3: oh, there's not bad thing. But but that was one of the movies that like Fangoria said that this has got their silver approval. It's super scary, and I'm like, all right. Usually that means it sucks, right? Or they got paid off, and this was one time they were dead on the money, and yeah. you know they were also dead on the money with Ginger Snaps.
2: And then with I mean, dog soldiers was phenomenal. Well, Not earlier, scary, the, the, four, well the, the four movies that year were Dog Soldiers, Ginger Snaps, Session Nine, and Devil's Backbone were the four that came out in rapid succession that were all that, uh, that they raved over. That all ended up being good. Yeah. Um, you you're talking about that and you and John with Session Nine, the last horror festicon, the one I had right before I became a dad. Um, the last movie that we watched in the last horror festicon was Suspiria. And we watched Suspiria at about 1 o'clock in the morning. And everyone had been up, and we'd watched Dr. Terror's House of Horrors. And I think we might have watched The Descent. We watched some scary shit, you know? And uh, and so is on. And I love Suspiria. I just love it from a film standpoint. I, I gushed about this for about two hours when we did the episode on it. So you guys can go li- listen to that in the back catalog if you'd like. But my friend Mac... And, and, uh, I don't, Jason, I don't think he's ever met Mac. I think, I don't even remember if Mac was, was at my wedding. wedding. I don't think he was. I don't that think I don't he know. was. But, uh, but Mac is a, he's, he's a, he's a very kind of level-headed guy. He's, he's real smart. He, uh, he, you wouldn't look at him twice. He just looks like, like average dude, you know, like medium build, medium height, medium color hair and, uh, glasses. <laughs> you wouldn't look at him twice. He's like an average man came into the store, sir, but, uh. But Mac just looks at me right in the. right at the part where uh, um, she's being chased, and she, she's being chased from before she falls into the room with the razor wire. Oh, God, yeah. And Mac looks like me and goes, I am freaked out right now, man! <laughs>
3: <laughs> and that's before she fell on the razor wire. That's it, yes, that's to yeah, too. So, yeah. like, like that kind of stuff, like, this, real quick, sorry, Luke. That kind of yeah. stuff in movies, and we've talked about this before, where it's not necessarily what's scaring me, but when she falls in the razor wire, it just it like you, your body jumps back. because it's painful?
0: Yeah.
3: The most painful one, and, and I know, and I'll Honeywell will back me up on this. And and uh, is the movie's called Aud- Audition by yeah. by oh. e. <laughs> and it's <laughs> all the little things she does, the little needle she puts in, the cutting off of the foot with the the piano wire. I tell you, the the one of the most disturbing scenes in the entire thing is that the the whole end of the movie is just <laughs> yeah. hard to stomach. When when she says, "I'll be waiting by the phone," and and they're all have and and like the man because he's the man's doing his thing, and it cuts to her, and there she is, and she has clearly not slept, not eaten, not done anything. She's sitting there in just in a trance, staring at the phone, and there's a bag next to her. Mm. The phone rings, and the bag fucking starts moving. It's a guy. She's cut up and put in the bag, and he's still alive. And yeah. you're like, "Holy crap!" Like that just gets you. Because when the bag jumps, you jump. Your body goes, "What yeah. the fuck?" But
4: when oh yeah, comes, I hit the fucking ceiling the first dude. time I watched that. <laughs> I, the, starts, the guys, the guys was, I was living with at the time go, "Dude, are you all right? What the fuck's going on?" I'm like, "Oh man, yeah, this movie's freaking me out." <laughs> she
3: starts putting. Think about it. She's it's not using. She's now. not using a giant knife. She's not using a machete. She's not even using knife fingers like Freddy. She's putting needles in him. And she paralyzes him. And now the needles are in him. And instead of doing like, like, well, what's she going to do to him? She sits on the needles and drives him into him. You're like, oh my god, they're in his eyes, dude. <laughs> the BK pushes the envelopes. I'm not a fan of Ichi. Uh, I know a lot of people people loved Ichi and that's, that's, that's his movie he's very you know, well known for. I was not a fan of it. It's good, but it's not anything great. It like, didn't have a hype. Audition to me is his best film because it is true. It's it's truly true. a
1: horror movie. Like Ishi yeah. is yeah. like over Ishi is sort of like a it's kind bloody. Of it's like a more sexualized version of yes. Rikki-O or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but but
3: audition is one hundred percent visceral. Horror.
1: When yeah. whenever I hear just the word audition mentioned as that movie, it sends and not like a burr scary chill up my spine a visceral like fingers on a chalkboard type yeah. and it's all because of that that piano wire because he's he's just so evil with the with the way he paces the first part of the movie and then the end and where he seems to have it going and when she's cutting through with the piano wire it's just so the sound of yeah. when it finally reaches the bone and starts getting a little scrapey sound. It's just horrible. And her demeanor in it is also just insanely the creepiest psycho girl ever uh, ever conceived, you know? Her giddiness. Yeah. Her yes.
3: giddiness at causing this makes... It just is like... like she's not crazy. She, she's clearly crazy. But she's not sitting there like maniacally rubbing her hands. Like she's not overacting. She just looks like a young, like a, like a like a young lady who's just taking. She could be making origami, or she could be, you know, doing anything. It's just she's finding pure joy in it, yep. and her yep. joy in that man's anguish. Oh, it's it, it. And the thing is, this there are people I know can who, who like I didn't like it at all. But no one who watched it, because some of should go back and listen. To we talked about Videodrome. I do know people who said they didn't like Videodrome. They didn't care, didn't like it. But some people were like, ah, I don't care about it. It didn't do anything to me. No one watches audition, whether they like it or don't like it, and has said to me, "Eh, I didn't. It wasn't anything." Like because
1: the problem I forgot is, everyone... ten minutes after I saw it, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot ten minutes after you saw it. No, that's what I'm just saying. You're never gonna nobody. Get says, to no. Say that. Oh no! nobody I, says that. No, absolutely nobody ever. Yeah. Yes.
3: No, nobody ever <laughs> can say it because the problem is, is that those little images stay with you. Think about this. Think about like like the, like the serial killers that came out of like like the slashers that came out of the '80s. Whether it be Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, like Michael Myers, whether you know any even 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 the stuff you know it doesn't matter if it could be even like the one-offs, even like 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 prom night. And like those things like that, you know, a terror train. When you when, when Hellraiser first came out, that pushed people. People were like, what are we looking at here? It was the destruction of the body. When, when Frank is being ripped apart at the end,
0: yeah. when the
3: hooks just cut into his skin, because everybody has stuck their finger with a needle. Everyone yeah. has like cut themselves. It's the little cuts. It is truly I'm saying I've sewn, you know, holes in my body closed, with I've torn open. I've managed to put it
2: back together. But goddamn, a paper cut put me down. It's like, oh god, yeah. You know, right? Well, and, and you know when, and and we talked about this when we did uh, Profondo Rosso. You know that the 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 murders in Profondo Rosso are designed to be something that you can sympathize with because it's a feeling that you can identify with.
1: No. And. Yeah, it's, and, and 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 speaking of Profundo Rosso, Jackass, a movie. Um, oh, God. It, 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 all sorts of horrible things transpire in the yeah, Jackass I know Yeah,
4: I know what you're about to talk oh, about, Chris. Right, the right, part right. where they're giving each other paper cuts.
1: They're giving each other paper cuts. Ah, that's the worst kid. Part of any jackass thing I've ever seen that I watched that I you know that I was. It's the
4: only it. thing when I rewatch them out of all the all the stuff that they've done that I cannot watch.
1: It's like well, I can watch it, but it's I do the cringe and put the hand up and like look away. So, but it's just out of all the horrified, they put the guy put a. A model car up his ass and went to the doctors. But that's hilarious. And that's Next. hilarious, but the paper cuts are the one that kills. Yeah. yeah. You can't, can't wash it. Well, the, Any, but the thing that's. Yeah, Luca. Go. go
3: ahead, Jack. Anytime you see something where there's um, a small blade or. Um, the Trilogy of Terror comes to mind. Um, and and that's the the, Dan, the the Don Curtis uh TV movie with Karen Black. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the first two parts where they're kind of forgettable. The I'm doll. talking about the Zuni fetish doll. The fucking doll. The Zuni yeah. fetish doll. Now my dad scared the shit out of my mom with that too. But the Zuni fetish doll um when 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 it's it's just a little guy and he has a very small knife. But damn he knows how to cut her open
2: with it. Right,
1: right. And well,
2: uh, I mean the scene where he Charles Band made a whole career out of making things small that yes. would hurt a little bit when they cut you. I mean, that's Blade from Puppet yes. Master and, and Tunneler. Right. You know, they, they I, mean, they, there's a whole series of films based on the idea of, well, if this guy cuts you with his little knife, it's gonna hurt, or if this little drill drills you in the back of the leg. Yeah. You know. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Um, is that that idea that like little knife under the
3: door, right? Which uh, my mom got that treatment when they went, they saw it, and my dad went and got a little knife and went under the door as my mom was peeing, Aww. and my mom jumped. It's okay. I did it to my wife, too. Oh, um, sure. And I said, what a great idea. And she goes, don't do anything like that. I said, no problem. Fucking got a little knife under the door. <laughs> and she's like, I hate you. I was like, you do? but well, you don't know if I'm standing right of the door or not. She goes, the problem is something like that. That little, that. that little scary guy that you can't kill, that you can't do. It's like, there's a... There's something to be said about you know the the why slasher movies were successful and what you kind know, of whatever, but those other movies affect more people because there's just that like you're looking at that going oh my god it's just a doll, well dolls are
1: fucking scary dude. it engages yeah. your imagination <laughs> more yeah, yeah. You I know? mean you, you that's, remember that's this, where the Jay- sca- but speaking of that, what about do you guys? Are you guys big horror readers, or were you like read horror readers when you were younger? Because I don't know. I've like we've been talking a lot about movies, but like well, if, a if lot can of the scariest things that I've ever like media-wise ever were books that I read. what well, before you yeah. barrel into that, because it Jay is, brought up dolls,
4: uh oh, Luke,
3: Luke there's one thing.
4: I, I gotta, I gotta talk about the thing. As a child, the thing that probably scared me more than anything else, anything <laughs> fucking else. And you know this, honey, well, because because we, because we saw this at Spataro's house in Long Island. Oh yeah. <clears throat> <sighs> Two words for you, Charlie, fucking McCarthy. <laughs> I am terrified
1: of that fucking. Puppet. Oh, he's so <laughs> jaunty looking though. Oh girl. my god, he can suck a fucking dick. I hate Charlie McCarthy. With his little top hat. He wants to sit in his monocle, sit on your lap. Come on. He can
4: take the monocle and shove it up his wooden ass. I hate that fucking doll. My sister, right my sister, Pinoch one of my sisters balls. had Charlie McCarthy. My other sister had Lester. Lester wasn't, you know, much yeah. better. Charlie McCarthy, my, they had the they they had to hide Charlie McCarthy. If I was they they usually kept him in the basement. They had to hide him in the basement because I get freaked out if he was just sitting there or anything. I, 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 I look at that fucking thing now, man. Dude. I if I wasn't in Spatara – if Spatara wasn't home when we were there you were and I saw that goddamn thing, I would have – Oh my god, it would have been bad. I would've, it would have been out on
1: the uh, grill out back. Yeah, <laughs> I would have I would have
4: been burning him. There would have been a dance. I would have been. I would have been cackling maniacally, like uh, what's her name at the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like I beat you, motherfucker! Oh. Ah! I, think so. I oh god, that thing! I, I love puppets. I hate Charlie McCarthy. <laughs> 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 and, and
3: no, you know what I think I, it's really I, Funny, is because oh. if everyone's willing to like hide outside the bathroom, to scare you right in the corner. See, that would be just just him sitting there oh, right god. as you walked
1: out. God. Like,
3: or I, even I, worse, I, if, if there was if there's if there's a window in your bathroom, I don't know if there is. Just have it like yes. peek up, like I can see you pee. You know,
4: uh, normally
1: I will I never pee again.
0: So pee, but
1: <laughs> see, no. I, would be, I would, just go, <laughs>
0: Christopher. Fuck I you, man. I'll see you. Pee. Man, I'm <laughs> but, but,
1: so, so basically, if we want to drive hero nuts, we need a Charlie McCarthy doll Sp- head. Or not, it's so, yeah, you got it. Okay, head pops open and spiders come out.
0: Or, or maybe riding in a giant Present spider,
1: dreams.
4: like in sectors. Sectors yeah. no, <laughs> Sectors were cool. I know, yeah. but not in Charlie McCarthy was riding fun.
3: that giant spider.
4: <laughs> Charlie McCarthy, him, uh, is, 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 is spiders and Charlie McCarthy, they kind of trump everything. But like Charlie, <laughs> uh, like even even the Twilight Zone episode with the, with the puppet gets me. It's oh, just yeah. something about puppets, yeah, yeah. man.
1: And I usually like puppets, but what about so that, that, that movie Magic? Remember that movie Magic? With I think yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, that uh, movie's up too. Okay,
3: Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins. So, yeah. Anthony
1: Hopkins all,
4: that's right. You take your realistic, creepy puppets and shove them directly up your <laughs> asshole. <laughs>
3: so, so what you're saying to me is my daughter who went and saw um, Goosebumps, the movie, which features a a dummy in throughout most of the movie, she would totally stomach that, but you're going to be
4: terrified. Um, that movie doesn't. Some- yeah, that, does, that wouldn't bother no, I'm, me. No,
3: I'm busting your chops, dude. Hey, although, he is a dummy, and, and Haley goes, they keep calling him a dummy, Daddy. I don't know why they do that. I go, like, well, that's what it's called. She goes, yeah, but that's not a nice word. I was like, that's <laughs> right, Haley. It's not a nice word. That's what we're getting at here. We should be tolerant, tolerant of our wooden friends who come to life and look at us when we sleep. we sleep. Murderer. When we
4: yeah. I'm going to be yes. re- friggin' tolerant of that. Yeah. <laughs> See, and I, oh. I see my, you know, I, oh Jesus! I hope my girlfriend doesn't know that I'm fucking petrified of him because I wouldn't be.
1: I've already decided on the artwork for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. You can choke on a wooden cock. <laughs> choke on Pinocchio's balls. Yeah, <laughs>
2: Smash nuts. They fixed his. I mean, that's that's the thing, though. It's it's all you know. What what? <clears throat> especially as you get older, it's all just experiential. You know, it's what you experience and what weird memories you have that, that shape what actually becomes scary or freaky to you. You know, um, we we were we were talking. My wife and I were talking about this before we went on the air. I can only remember one time in my life that I was actually scared for my life that I thought, well, I'm. that's it. I'm done, you know. And this was, of all places, on the Chattahoochee River in Georgia. And I know what you're thinking. It's not that. It's not the place where they filmed Deliverance. Um,
1: Tallahassee, uh, <laughs> right?
2: Yeah. I but so anyways, that was where we're...
1: Billy Joe jumped off. Didn't Billy Joe jump off the Chattahoochee Bridge? Possible. You I don't know. think
2: more like Alan Ode Jackson.
1: Billy... You guys never heard Ode to Billy Joe? No. You've Never heard this. They based a movie in the '70s on "Ode to Billy Joe." Oh my god! Well, the Chattahoochee is very popular as like a tourist
2: destination, so I can buy that. But uh, but so we're so we're tubing with my my wife and a bunch of her her girlfriends and stuff, right? And for those of you that might be from up north, tubing is where you just get in a sit in a tube and ride yep. the river to the end of it, preferably while drinking a beer. And oh, of uh
0: course.
2: And so so we're tubing. And uh, you know, and, and and it's it's me and my wife, and we're we're trying to stay next to each other. Well, there's well they don't tell you about the Chattahoochee is that there's some very small rapids on it, and that so I get and we're going and we've only been doing this for maybe 20 minutes or so, and we hit this patch of rapids, and it flips me over, and I'm the problem is is that I'm now stuck underneath the tube, and the water's moving pretty quick, and our tubes are lashed together, so that. The, the, and the lash is running from the handle on my wife's tube to the handle on my tube, and now it's so uh, taut that I can't flip it over, and I can't get out from under it. So I'm, I'm, and I ca- I'm pushing up, and I can't get any footing because we're just deep enough that I can't reach the bottom with my feet, and I'm being dragged along. And I think, okay, well now I'm dead. This is how I die. I die on this stupid river, drowning while tubing. And what a way you know, to and eventually I. I, I catch on a rock and not I push myself up. And I take not the worst way, but still pretty humiliating when you're like 25. You, you, you know, you that this is how you not die to, right? Yes. Right. And, and so, so now and this is why I mentioned Profondo Rosso earlier. Now, when when uh, you know she's getting drowned in the tub, yeah, it's the scalding hot water. But now the drowning freaks me the hell out because I know what she's feeling when you can't break through the surface. And your your chest starts to really feel like it's on fire because you need air. Okay, so I'm that that's what scared that scares the hell out of me now. Watching that, I was like, oh shit, I can't watch this. And so anytime you see somebody being held under the water and something, that really kind of freaks me out now, you know. And uh, but again, it's, like I said, it's it's experiential. You know, if I had a bad experience with puppets, you know, I'd probably be scared of puppets like
0: like heroes. I didn't have a bad
4: experience me. with them. It's <laughs> me of it me.
0: Uh, it show wasn't the show the me on the where human
4: where you. the puppet touched you, you know? Was,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: why do we all go to the same place? Show us where the bad man touched you. Yes.
4: Because we're all horrible people.
0: That reminds right, me yeah.
1: of your summoning pot story from a couple years ago. Yeah, There's a reason why that dude drowns in a small pot.
0: So.
2: <laughs> but yeah, so that's a... issues And therapy's too expensive, so. Well, you know, therapy is expensive, you know, and I got other things. I got I got I got toys I got to spend money on, damn it. So, <laughs> hey, not for the kids. I don't...
4: <laughs> yeah, for the kids, sure, yeah.
2: Oh, no, no he... shit. They're for me They're for him. I don't, I don't know even... that. <laughs> yeah, they're for That's the
1: they're <laughs> for the kids because someday you might sell them to send them to college or something. Sure. <laughs> it's a possibility. It's an option.
2: They're gonna be legacy tigers. They got nothing to worry about.
3: <laughs> so one of the things that uh, so, so uh, Honeywell, you brought this up like the idea of like books and stuff, and I'll be honest is I read a ton of stuff and all different kinds and I've never found any of them to be any any book to be truly scary. Even the exorcist and stuff like that. And again, maybe because it's when I read it, you know, well, I was Well older. what about
1: in like short story? I I've always found like when I was younger what got me like I remember the first Stephen King I ever read was Night Shift, which was all just a collection of short stories, mm-hmm. and I would plow through them. But like one in five would seriously creep. There was one called The Boogeyman that was especially um, especially scary. About a guy, I think his his kids kept dying in their cribs to the boogie, and he was an alcoholic. It was just all around creepy, and. Uh, the the short story like the saki stories like the my first horror story that i did was um uh the open, the open window i think it's called yeah. Yeah. and uh and um you know stuff like you would that that would i I'm, I'm betting my first tastes of horror literature were probably in school you know because that's where you're you you, you every once in a while you, you'll get a classic little horror story or scary story in there. I guess probably it's probably always a Christmas carol, which I always consider a horror story for the most part. Yeah, it's got ghosts in it. It's, it's, It's always... I mean, a Christmas carol every year always used to freak... Just the tone of it is always... Even when it has a happy ending, it still has that weird, sooty, Victorian... Sort of feel to it, where it's still kind of, kind of a little creepy around the edges, but when it when that gets into full creep, well, it's got ghosts, but when it gets into full, you know, showing Scrooge's grave and stuff, that's like terrifying when you're a little kid.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I and I rem- and like I have struck in my head the scene of him revealing the tombstone in like five because there was a cartoon of it. And then there were probably, like, five or six different adaptations, three of which, at least, I remember watching in school in different years.
3: Well, the thing is, with, with literature, and again, it depends on,
1: uh, you know, um, what
3: you're reading, the issue becomes more uh, as how much reading you're doing outside of what you're required to do for school. Um, and we found in the last, you know, as, as, as Luke and I, uh, you know, we went to Catholic school and stuff, um, our, our school truly was like trying to push the envelope on what they had us reading. Um, there was stuff we read before we should have, uh, perfect example. This might be Upton Sinclair at
2: the jungle. Wow. Yes, uh, that's exactly just, what I was going to say. Holy just, crap. I mean, for not eighth students, grade, what, eighth grade. Eighth grade, sixth, sixth grade we read it. I thought it was eighth grade at the jungle,
3: but fine. Junior high. Okay. Okay, it, it, we're are right. You're right. No, it's eighth. Grade, you're right. It's eighth grade. Separate piece, and they, they cage the birds at night. They cage the animals at night. Stuff like that. All that stuff you read. We read in sixth grade. This was they did was they took the high school reading list from the, the Catholic high school, and they made it our sixth, seventh, and eighth grade reading list. I wish I was joking. That's what they did. They didn't even look at what what we were reading. They were like, well, just you have to read it in high school. Read it now in mid, in middle school. We'll be ahead of the game. And what happened was you're reading a book like Up to Sinclair's the Jungle. Now most people passed on that, because they were like, eh, I don't want to read about, you know, like, Sounds boring,
0: yeah. Right? <laughs> well, Luke, I read it, and
3: then Luke read it. And the problem is, it's not that it's scary, it's it's really sad. The, the book is truly, like, depressing, but it's scary from the idea that, like, it's not really fiction. It is no. fiction, but it's not really fiction, right? When, when, when his son drowns in the street, and you're like, he's a Child, and it's like, then there's no like, that's what happened, you know. Kids died, and that's kids dying, you know, is is really hard for me, kind of thing. But it's like, when you're reading this, as I'm, I mean, we're eight you're 13 years old, and you're like, why am I reading this? Like, my friends at Brewster, they, they, they would have on their high school reading list Jurassic Park, they would have like <laughs> yeah. things like that. The Brewster was pretty much like, would you please read any book? Yeah, I don't care if it has <laughs>
2: pop-ups in it. It can have pictures. Lots of what? pictures. I was going to say, you know? one year wasn't TV Guide
1: on the reading list? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> nice. I see, well, I was reading outside. And, of, and, at, and, that, and, my, at that age, the thing, I was reading cold blood.
2: <laughs> yeah, just real quick, Chris. Real quick, Chris. Easy for me to say. The like, other you, thing that always, <laughs> to me, was even more depressing about reading The Jungle is, you okay, you go through this whole thing. And he's put through the ringer. This guy and his whole family are just, you know, chewed up and spit out. And then at the end, workers of the world unite. It's like, you know that's destined to fail, reading this in the 90s. Yes. You know there's not going to be a socialist workers uprising in the industrialized Chicago of the of the early 20th century. It's not happening. Yeah, so all did, this it. struggle is literally for nothing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, happy-go-lucky... Junior high. Sorry for well,
3: Oh yeah, like, yeah. You, you, when you read things like that too, because it's not truly. You know, it's not horrible. We read also on that reading list was Hiroshima, which we also both read.
1: Oh yeah, um,
3: yep. which is again not pleasant by any stretch of imagination. And what you're looking oh, there is it's dark,
1: man. It's yeah, dude,
3: because because it's it's like accounts of what happened and like whatever. And we also read on the beach, which yep. is again not another. I mean, this is the kind of stuff we read in Catholic high school. Now, again, we read our, Catch twenty two as well. Yeah, we read we Catch we, we read yeah Catch twenty two, and then um, that was another one. On the, and these are what we were reading sixth, seventh, eighth grade because we had to be ahead of the curve. We couldn't go to high school See, and be the people who were behind the curve.
1: I was I was reading that stuff in in sixth, seventh, eighth grade because I was a, just a spazzy reader. But man, you guys had I mean, like in high school, in, in high school we got. Fucking, um, um, you know Harper Lee to kill a mockingbird and stuff so like that. So, yeah, but it was that—that uh, that was Jurassic Park. Never would have made it into no, our no, high no. school. It would no, no, That, no, was, no. that was required. That was that, that. was at the public high to school. It would. It would not have been allowed in our. You know, we had a night to remember. Hiroshima. Hiroshima was yeah. probably one of the most gritty. Things that we had to chew on in 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 high school, and the teachers really like, you know, prepared us for the book, and you know, then discussions ensued and all that. But uh, like, I I had to get special permission a lot of times to actually sign books out of the library because they were you know aged above me and stuff, and the librarian was very sensitive. I had to sneak a lot of books because my mom wouldn't let that's what led me to horror books is my mom was by no means. After I read those Stephen King short stories, I want to check Stephen King books out of the city, the t- city library, the town library. And, uh, yeah, there's no way she was going to let me do it. So I had to like borrow them from like a paperback from friends and like hide it in my room and read carry you know, five or six pages at a time. So, Instantly, I started reading every Stephen King book that I could get my hands on, and uh, I don't feel trauma. I feel more traumatized by reading *In Cold Blood* and *Naked Lunch* prematurely. Right. *Naked Lunch*, I read because it had the words "naked" in the in the. <laughs> naked and lunch. And right it had a evening. Salvador Dali painting on the cover of the paperback, which looked really cool. Which had a naked lady in it, so I was like, "Okay, this has naked people in it," and oh boy, I did not know what I was getting myself into.
3: <laughs> that's that's part I, of the thing, though, too, is when you like—I don't—I don't know when you guys hit your Lovecraft phase because everyone has that at some point in their life. Middle Isn't school, it? Oh, I, yeah, it was when I yeah. got
1: my first Love—I got it from Scholastic Book Club. I ordered it. Oh yeah, from Shadow right. over Innsmouth and other mm-hmm. stories.
3: Well, the thing is, I—I I came. Again, being a fan of Lovecrafty and stuff, um, just having a chance to actually get books. It's, where we live, there was always a Barnes and Nobles that was the, probably the worst stock, stock Barnes and Nobles ever. It's just atrocious, and they would like order stuff for you, but they give you shit constantly. Like, oh, you really want to order this?
1: And I'm like, I have to wow. write something on a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you
3: know, don't don't be, a, you know, see you next Tuesday. Constantly, the rest of your life, but that's okay, because <laughs> you're, you know, you're stuck here and you're going home to your twenty seven cats who will probably eat you when you die. <gasps> um, but what happened was when the borders opened, Borders was like, "Fuck, we carry that stuff, man. We got a whole horror section." And you were like, it allowed you to get into books that you couldn't get your hands on without special ordering or whatever kind of thing, which was just pain in the ass. Borders came out and they held. They had an entire section of horror. In fact, they had a guy whose entire job was the horror section.
1: Was to stock it, yeah. Uh,
3: the graphic novel section, right? And he did the DVDs. And I was like, that's a job that if I wasn't a teacher, that describes what I should be doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> because that's what I know, right? And they had, and Luke could attest to this, they had the best graphic novel selection for a non-comic book store I've ever seen in my entire life. They had everything you could want. Yep. They had yep. horror books by authors Dick Lamon, who's a, 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 a Tim LeBon. They had um, Simon Clark. They had all these guys who were not big stars yet, who now are like when Brian Keane first came out, those guys. And you had the, the Stephen Kings, and you had the Ray Bradbury's, and you had the H.P. Lovecrafts, but they had it all. So you were able to go in and pick up you know uh something wicked this way comes
0: yeah
1: i was right? just going to bring that up as like that's right i forgot ray bradbury wrote one of my favorite horror stories
3: and and like and like and in that same section you're here's ray bradbury and right you know, what's next to it Clive Barker and you pick up you know the the hellbound heart or you pick up you know uh um, eve world or something you know whatever and it's all right there and then you can go find Neil Gaiman and stuff you had but you had somebody who actually cared about the literature that was there and, and, you know, this is before e-readers and the whole nine, everything's available. You went there, and, I mean, Luke and I would go there, and it was not, I mean, there was Circuit City next door before there was a Best Buy, because before there, that was where yeah, I kind of well, lived. There was still Circuit City, yeah. Yes, uh, and, and you would go there, and you'd be like, and Circuit City wouldn't open. We'd go to Borders first thing, and we'd go through, and you look at the, you're like, man, this sounds really good. Or this this book, I don't, I mean, I've, I've read this guy's stuff, and this is, we didn't have the, a phone with the internet on it to look things up. You're kind of going based on you know, this looks good. I know this guy. I know what this sounds like. You read a little bit of it. You're like, I like this. This seems yeah. like and that's where he took chances on authors I'd never heard of. Guys like mm-hmm. like, uh, I mean, uh, Dick Lamont, uh, Lamont is is, when I mean, he's passed away, but his books, he wrote a ton of books, but no one knew who that was. It's just like um, uh, was it Michael Slade? Is that his name? Luke? Yeah, the guy who wrote um, uh, Ghoul Ghoul, and then he also wrote Swastika, and he wrote... And, and um, Burnt
2: Bones and all them?
3: Yeah, right. Yeah. He's... He, again, you could walk past that book. And you, in fact, you read that. You read
2: Ghoul. Uh, yeah, I got... Yeah, I found, I found Ghoul at... I used to work... Um, be, before I started working where I'm at now, I worked at Clemson University's uh, library. And every year in the spring semester, we would have a huge library sale. And you talk about going and trying to just, you know, try different things as far as books... Well, the horror section, we never had a very particularly large. I mean, we're a federal depository library. We didn't have a huge amount of, you know, popular fiction. We had a lot of, you know, westerns and stuff like that that was more uh, <laughs> classical stuff. But the horror section always be decent during the sale, and I picked, that's where I picked up Ghoul by Michael Slade. And I had no idea what this was. I just knew the cover, you know, looked cool. It was one of those you know, gateful, not gateful, die-cut covers that yeah. you get on paperbacks. Where it was a guy, you could see the guy's eye looking through the the uh, the, the, the LP, and he'd open it, and the you know he's impaled on the the needle for the LP and all that, and so that I started reading it, his stuff. And one book you mentioned in Clive Barker, a book that I picked up that has always stuck with me, got from one of these used book sales, was a book that never gets mentioned because it's really not a horror book, but it's one of the books that was very affecting when I read it. Is Clive Barker's book *Sacrament*. And, and when I Now a lot of times Now I'm not, I'm not trying to be facetious Like on the internet here But Sacrament <laughs> is the gayest thing I've ever read Because the whole book is about The main character is a gay man And it's about the concept of humanity Going extinct Because this is written back in the Early 80's When you know being It, it wasn't like it is now as far as homosexuality They really were a very very small Close knit group And they were all dying off and so the, the the book is about the idea of extinction coming for all species, and that humanity is on its way towards extinction. Now, as you know, that that was something that reading it was again. It's not like oh, I can't. I got to sleep with the light on or something. But it's something that it gets your you.
1: And novels are better at doing this. More dread. <laughs> right. No.
2: You start thinking about like you can't. You don't. You can't think about the idea that humanity is going to that there'll be none left at some point. But then you start reading, it's like, yeah, well, I guess there is going to be none of us, and what the hell is that going to do? Yeah. What does that mean? You know, if we're the highest life form on the planet and we're not here anymore, you know, so it starts putting your mind into weird places that they shouldn't be when you're, you know, you're, you're tri- standing in front of the fridge at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know?
1: You're, you're triggered. What the hell are you
4: doing eating at 3 o'clock in the morning?
1: <laughs> you're triggering, oh, man. Th- you're, you're reminding me of, like, the first time I felt like, it was when I read Jaws was one of the first, like, novels, po- you know, popular novels I got a hold of as a little as a uh, probably like six, seven years old. And I remember that lad. was that was the first book and spoiler in the book Hooper dies. The shark gets him. And yeah. at one point, the shark jumps up out of the water with Hooper's body in its mouth, sort of mm-hmm. like dangling at it at um, Brody. And Brody takes a shot at the shark and hits Hooper in the neck, oh. Hooper's body in the neck. And yeah, well that's the goes,
4: goes, He was on, doing that on purpose because Hooper banged his wife.
1: But that was yeah, yeah exactly. He's <laughs> also in the book by the it way. It was so all it's, that in the yeah. in the book, yeah. <laughs> it, but uh, I just remember that was one of the first you know, like experience. Like I had like I'd lost a great grandmother that I didn't know when I was a kid, so I didn't just know anything about death, but. Like the Hooper character was in the whole book, and it was like, okay, I got to know the character, and I knew, and I hadn't seen the movie yet, but I knew that Richard Dreyfuss was in it, and he's a cool and guy. And they never about, kill
0: Richard Dreyfuss. Right, right, yeah, and yeah, so, they're all so, gonna
1: die. So just yeah. reading like that, that like, I remember having a dream now that I was reading the sequel, a sequel to Jaws, at where Brody died, and I was like, no, this is too depressing. <laughs> and that you know but then i started reading other novels from the 70s and they uh, and like all the movies they all ended you know there was it was always a a nice bleak ending so after a while i started getting jaded by like eight or nine years old you know (laughs) did any of you guys ever read any peter straub like ghost story or shadowland no. I have
3: some of his stuff. He wrote Black House with K- with
1: Stephen King. Yeah, those Didn't he um,
3: the Talisman. Stephen yeah, he K- did. Black he wrote House talisman. is a
1: sequel to Talisman. Talisman. Yeah.
3: The thing with with Stop, I mean, and, and this is well, again the problem is, um, growing up, uh, we were uh, it was I mean we were super busy. School was like with well, the stuff for school took enough of your time, and then a lot of it came down. I mean, playing a lot of sports and stuff like that, and just having the time to read for pleasure. Uh, became one of the things that kind of I didn't get into as much until I got older
1: that was the, like one of my main you see that was one of my main pastimes from you know kindergarten on right was well
3: the thing is that the, the, when Luke and I was the most of the stuff we read we were younger because we uh remember we grew up uh you know we weren't monster kids obviously like my, my dad's generation but we were pretty close to being monster kids. We grew up ever we watching Universal monsters, so to us, that was what movies were. You know, we, we saw other movies, but we loved Wolfman, Frankenstein, Dracula, the Mummy, all that stuff. So when when famous monsters of filmland, my dad had copies of them, and um, we had like the five or six copies we had to be read over and over and oh, over the again.
1: Greatest magazine for kids, yeah, man! Yeah. It literally and then, just the greatest magazine.
3: And then dad went and we had this thing where you could order them, right? And so my dad went through and he ordered us a whole bunch that we wanted. We went through we looked at it. Oh, we got to get this one. Looked at all we the covers,
1: yeah. Looked at the covers, well, exactly. Right, and what we also... No, I know was, that I can see the ad that you were looking at in my head <laughs> now.
3: Like, and, and my dad ordered a bunch and we just waited. And this is back when you had to send a check off and you hope the person sent you something back. And they showed up and we read them all. I mean, I we had... We had uh, a couple of special ones, which were the like the horror of Dracula, and the Curse of Frankenstein. What? Yeah,
2: they were they were they were the Fumettis, and we had the there was one double Ooh. issue that was it was a, it was the Curse of Frankenstein, the horror of Dracula as as two as a double sized Fumetti. Those are and the made
1: right now. We have we them. My dad the, has them. Still.
2: Yeah, the and then the other two that they put out, we was had the mole. Well, we had the and the mole people, the which mole we got, people. and then the horror. And then the, the third one was the horror of Party Beach, which Dad yes. outright refused to order. He said, "No, I'm not getting that one." I said, "I'll get you the Mole People," but I refuse to get the horror of Party Did Beach. Didn't <laughs> we have didn't, didn't we have that? No, I don't. I don't remember having it. I remember we had the the Hammer one, and then they were advertising the other two, and we said we wanted them. And he said, "Well, I'll get you the Mole People, but not Party Beach." And I don't. I don't remember ever reading the Fumetti for Horror of Party Beach. Possibly. I distinctly remember the other.
1: I've held yes. it. I've held it in my hand. Walt Hadley, who Scott Gardner and I got our first comic books from, had Horror of Party Beach and the Mole People. I, I I remember him pulling them out and going, "These are really hard to get your hands on." And we were looking at them and going, "Like, I remember. I just remember thinking, these are the coolest things ever." But then, I, at the same time, I was thinking. Why did they pick the Mole people in Horror of Party Beach? <laughs> Horror of Party Beach, I'm reading about in the Golden Turkey Awards as being like one of the worst movies ever. Why would they, like, you know, immortalize it in a in in fumetti form? I love 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 fumettis. Yeah,
2: must have been the ones that they were able to get copies of that they could rip the pictures out of. But uh... in the <laughs>
1: '90s. Late late '90s, they were printing a bunch of horrible Jess Franco movies in fumetti yeah. form that you could pick up mm-hmm. in the adult section of the comic book store. Yeah. Well, but
2: but I mean Jay's right. Because besides famous monsters, when like I said we read those, would absolutely just you know, was read them and read them and read them until they were worn thin. You know?
1: Yeah. Oh, um, fa- the other famous monsters was, was... was Fangoria. Yeah. And well, we when said was later we were, for us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For me was, at least. One yeah. morg was later,
2: but the other ones was when um, when Gemstone started and Russ Cochran started reprinting the EC horror comics. Oh my god. Yeah. Because that every once. We go when we go to the LCS, I would get, you know, at the time I was reading like Excalibur and the Flash or whatever. And
1: then my brother would
2: get whatever the next reprint was from Russ
1: Cochran, and they were all and, like sixty-four page. Uh, they were like yeah, they,
2: 64 the pages. Russ Co- yeah, A lot of the Russ Cochrans were sixty-four pages. They would reprint two different issues with one with with under one cover, and so you'd get buck. an it would be to fear, and then you'd get a bonus issue of Vault of Horror, and it would be like you said a buck, yeah, a buck, and it had letters, pages, and everything else.
3: Yeah, and the thing was at that time, uh, if you weren't reading Marvel DC stuff. There wasn't a ton out there. I mean, Dark Horse existed. I definitely. This was before
2: Image. Yes. I, I, mean, I was, I was a Dark Horse guy. Like, 19, 19, this was even before Valiant, because this was like 1990,
0: 1991. Yeah. Wait,
1: wait. Okay. Did you guys hear that? I just I thought I heard something. Never mind. Gone.
3: So, the, the, uh, the thing with Dark Horse was they had the license to Terminator and Predator and aliens and that's where the alien versus predator and all that stuff came from and what happened was like that section that little like little row of section in, in the comic book store uh next to it was all the ec reprints i'm like well i know what tales of are and stuff and you start reading those and you you realize you're like wow this is really good and we write up reading those all the way you know everything they had too so it was just different we we read i mean luke and i were always doing stuff like that but you got to remember, we also came from a time that we played Magic when Magic first started. Right. Um, when it was satanic and you had to hide it underneath the chess boards at school because we would play chess. Three-way chess and then you would hide your Magic cards. Um, but we did that stuff. I mean, uh, we were doing, you know, playing whatever sports we were playing. But we were also in a lot of comic book stuff was happening. A lot of So the reading of, of actual, uh, you know, books that were not for school was much less. When I got older it started becoming like, well, you know, I, I kinda like reading this stuff. And I'd rather, you know, I didn't think I didn't think I read a Stephen King. Uh, I was older. I probably was like almost at least it was high school, if not college. Uh, you know, and, and it just was one of those I just never read one. I'd read a couple of it no, I'm not true. Sure. I read some of his short stories in high school and I started the stand in high school, but I still never finished the stand. But I think once I finish it I think I'm gonna die. So I kinda have to keep <laughs> it. You know it's that long but it's just different dude. It's, and, and a lot of it comes down to is when uh you know what you're looking to get out of it you know i mean we had access to obviously a lot of movies my dad is a giant movie like movies are a big thing with them we had a lot of access to a lot of movies that most people had never seen um we were allowed to watch things as long as there wasn't a graphic sex in it Ooh. most stuff we were watching well lucas i mean we watched uh I mean we, I mean we were young carpenters of things 82. How would
2: yeah. we see that? 84, 85? Yes. You know, it's, I'm 75. Yeah. Something like that. And I remember it distinctly because uh, I remember our, you know, my, my dad's brother, our uncle, had called him because there was there was something going on with our uncle's car. And he wanted my dad to come with him to go to the mechanic. And so that, and for some reason, Dad thought it was a, it was okay. Well, I got to go out for a while. Why don't you guys I watch think, the thing?
1: I think that's an <laughs> ideal age to watch the no,
3: thing, mind you. Yeah, we weren't exactly super old enough to be staying home, but he's like, "Oh, well, I got to go help Uncle Danny for a few minutes." So we're like, "Ah, right, let's watch the thing."
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> that. That was like when my dad took a bunch of me and my little friends to see because my dad was notorious for like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll go to an R-rated movie." You know, whereas, you know, it's Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory with everybody, with my mom or anybody else's parents. So my dad took us all to Alien and that was, oh yeah, that was an awesome, you know, we we were quote unquote too young to see Alien, but that's, that's the perfect time to see it because you just get sucked into that stuff and you actually get to experience the, the horror of it more than as an adult when you can suspend your disbelief a lot easier you know or whatever more jaded or whatever you know everybody my my friend who was the big jock you know not afraid of anything when they were looking for the cat he was about to crawl out of his skin you know he <laughs> was just ner- nervously like laughing and talking and just like ju- just flipping out it was great. And it's, maybe I, that's why I read more. I was an asthmatic little little whip.
4: What's changed? Exactly. Well, I'm not asthmatic. Well, no, nah, all right. But it's funny you mentioned Alien, because that's the last movie that I had on my list of stuff to talk about. And it's one of those things, too, where it's like, as a young child, I think I've told this story before, but I'll say it again anyway. I saw Aliens first, uh, probably when that hit VHS, or so 87. So I would have been about seven, eight years old. Um. So then Alien ended up showing on regular T V one night, you know, edited, and my dad's like, you know, you liked Aliens, we can you can stay up and watch we can watch Alien and it was just it was too much for me at that age, like I couldn't watch it. It was just too the atmosphere and well, the like, tension and everything it was just it, way too much for
0: aliens, me.
1: Aliens aliens at points you can go like, Ah, this is a movie, they're shooting and yelling. And it's while Alien is very documentary style, you know? It's yeah. very true. It's very like, let's present what it would be like in space. And they even acknowledged in their tagline that you can't hear anything in space, which means it's more realistic than most movies.
3: Well, it's, it's the, uh, the Alien, compared uh, to Aliens. In Alien, you have a lot of, like, old dark house stuff.
1: Yeah, like, that's exactly what it is. You know, is.
3: the way it's like, it's like the old. You know, it's like the old movies. You're, like, looking at it like...
1: Yeah, the cat hey, and the canary. I, yeah.
3: Are they seriously doing, like, this kind of stuff? And then what happens is they do all that stuff, but then they punctuate the middle of the movie with with uh, with the death, with, when, the, when the alien's born at dinner. And it <laughs> oh, totally yeah. just... Like, you're like, what this... Nothing to this point has led me to believe I'm going to watch a man get his stomach <laughs> torn open and something <laughs> come out of it. Right? Now, again... Uh, you know, knowing what's going to happen again. I we went into aliens, kind of knowing like we already knew there's aliens and stuff.
2: You know, kind of we've seen aliens. clearly. No, no, no. no we had, we had seen aliens. I had, I had not seen alien. We went and saw aliens, but yeah, neither I, had I. Dad, Dad didn't <laughs> let us
3: watch Alien yet because we were like, "What we the aliens?" And I'm like, did we? He did the first one?" He's like, "I don't think so." You know, <laughs> and we went and saw aliens, and I was like, "That was really cool." He's like, "Well, let's watch Alien." And I always felt like Alien to me never had the impact it should have had I can appreciate the movie as I got older but as a kid it never scared me it was definitely like I'm like okay well I know what the thing looks like already, right? so that wasn't scary I knew what what a, what a burster looked like I knew that Ripley had to survive like there's things right,
0: that just happen
1: right, to right. her oh yeah. yeah well nobody saw when we saw it in the movie theater nobody saw that coming well
3: who <laughs> nope. figures, there was who no, figures no... Tom Skerritt dies Tom Skerritt's the biggest name in the movie
1: yeah
3: and he dies yep. in the middle. You know, it's just like it's just
2: like uh, it's like Psycho. Drew Barrymore and it's like Drew Barrymore and Scream. Yeah, or Janet Lee and Psycho. Janet, Janet Lee and Psycho, die. which is probably a better example. Yeah, <laughs>
4: or 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 Steven Seagal and Executive Decision.
2: <laughs> Dude, totally. Dude, totally.
1: <laughs> oh. oh my god.
2: Well, it's, oh. it's getting well, there's late. something scary for you, Steven Seagal. <laughs> yeah, like it's now. getting
1: late, and that seemed like the perfect. Thing to end our conversation on was Steven Seagal, since we've been mm. talking about scary all night.
0: <laughs>
1: but uh yeah, the fire's going out. Oh, I don't. I'm. Going, I'm gone. I, I've got. I've got a nice little marijuana doobie here. I'm gonna <laughs> go over to my pup tent there and have sex with my girlfriend. You've been talking
2: about that all friggin' day.
1: Man. Hell yeah. Well, you know, at least it's good to have a plan. I'm gonna drink a brewski too. No, whatever, I
4: already, man. I'm... I already did drink brewskis, and I had and I had Mexican. I Oh, nice. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm uh, gonna go take a shit in that wooden
2: outhouse. Excellent. Yeah. Well, you you go you do whatever it is you got to do, man. I'm, I've been sitting here next to this fire wearing this flannel shirt. I am I am rank and sweaty. I'm gonna go uh, take a dip in that lake over there. I think.
1: Ooh, good idea. In the nude.
2: You're damn right I in in there all- yeah, in...
4: That's all right. You know what? You'll be okay. You know why? Shit floats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everything you should floats. know, man. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it all well... floats down here. We all float down here. Sorry. You guys
3: do what you need to do. I'm headed over to that church. I'm gonna count me some gold to blue.
1: Ooh. All right, so all of our plans seem to be perfect and will turn out great. (laughs) Happy Halloween, everybody, I guess. Happy Halloween. Don't eat any razor blade candy.
2: (laughs) And remember, avoid circus peanuts. Not because they're dangerous, they're just kind of nasty. Avoid circus circus clowns, too. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Avoid circus clowns that have spiders in them. (laughs)
4: Yeah, circus <laughs> oh pops. my god, really? No,
3: so let me. So, wait, so, so, wait, heroes, so you must have a real problem with seeding things in.
4: Um, well, no, because the giant spider at the end is just kind of goofy. No,
3: I'm just saying, in general, like, that's just like.
0: I don't like clowns. I as don't as like you know, clowns. What are clowns?
1: shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2 True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2 True Freaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2 True Freaks is always spelled T W O T R U E. F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at 2 true freaks at gmail.com. 2 True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to
3: either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular
1: fandom.